Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you, and welcome to the return of the Tearless show for Worlds this year. A show, Mr. Kira, more entertaining than the contents of deleted tweets from Space Ghost. So we had to bring it back. <laughs> uh, I am joined, of course, by Scotland's answer to Space Ghost. Kira, no, I'm joking. By, of course, Mr. Kira, as always. And also, again, returning the uh, solo musketeer this time because, you know, Dagda let us down. It's, of course, Monty Cristo, our <laughs> fellow Riot blacklisted. Uh, Dagda's too busy being being successful you know exactly exactly <laughs> uh so yeah guys as always or not as always as the only previous show we've done like this instead of giving you a would you rather i'm gonna hit you with another moral quandary uh it's oh, a boy. bit it's a bit convoluted i'm not gonna lie partly because i came up with it myself rather than stealing it off reddit so here we go okay picture the scene you are the captain of a sinking ship not, you know, esports, a literal sinking ship, uh, a la the Titanic, uh, you know, boats like split in two and everyone, like all the passengers, they're all fucked. They're all doomed. They're all going to die. There's nothing you can do for them. You're the captain, though, and you're up front in the second half of the split, which like, you know, you might survive. You've got one lifeboat. OK, and the people surrounding you, the only people surrounding you are your family, which constitutes of your lovely, loving wife and your two sprog children so young kids let's just say between i don't know three and six or something young kids and one worker can be whatever you want just a young woman who is a new new mother okay so she has a kid at home but the kid's not with her as i said very convoluted very convoluted <laughs> so it's you and your family and a new mother but her kid's not with her there is only space on the lifeboat the singular lifeboat for your family plus yourself or your family plus this new mother. So the question is, do you take the last spot on the lifeboat or do you give it up to this young woman? Are there witnesses? There are no witnesses. Oh, easy. I take it. You take it. Okay, even though you're the captain of the ship and by, I don't know, oath of the, the sea or whatever it is you're meant to go oath down. Oath of the sea? What, what, is, what is this? There is, no, there is no Hippocratic oath among captains where you have to, you know, professional oath where you have to go down with the ship. It, well, Look, move, nobody's going to Hollywood know. has taught me otherwise, Monty, so. <laughs> I do like the phrase, the oath of the sea. <laughs> Even if there's no witnesses, guys, God is watching. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm going down. I'm going down with the ship. You're going down with the ship. Yeah, yeah. I've taken on the responsibility for being the captain. Down with the ship, I go. I'm definitely I'll like whether or not I wait, choose. Wait, was it no, my no, fault? Say... Was it my fault the ship is in this condition? Mm, that'll be up for debate. The media will decide. <laughs> the media will decide. Because it was my fault, I might go down. But if it's not my fault, then I'm definitely not going down. Well, again, let's say it's, it's you know, it, you did hit an iceberg, but it was very foggy. So <laughs> no sonar as well. It's like a, a, an old school vessel. So, you know, you, you, it was tricky. It was tricky, but avoidable. Let's just say the faker of sea captains would have dodged it. But you were only Dade, so... The real moral quandary is, does my wife also work? Well, 
If she doesn't, then, that, that's um, then what, however that, you, whatever you perceive in your fantasy work, then, about your wife. And if she, she does, if she doesn't work it out to leave her destitute, then I would have a good reason for getting on the boat for all my own family's preservation. However, if she does work and she does have support systems to support her and the children, then I would maybe possibly be more inclined to go down with the ship. Hmm. So you're gonna let this, uh, this, this mother, single mothers. Kid, oh, a doctor kid uh, to make up the moral. Wait, it's a single mother now. No, wait, it's not. Wait, it's not. Wait. I just got that. I would personally spend the last, I don't know how long ships take to sink, according to people who know more about ships than me. Apparently, the Titanic actually took longer to sink in the movie than it did in real life. So, whatever the, the amount of time I have left. I'm definitely spending trying to gaslight the woman into thinking that I should probably go with my family and safely escort them away. But failing that, then then it's then it's tricky. You you have options. Um, no one would know. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough one. But I, yeah, I need final answers from you on this, guys. What, the reading what? space ghost tw tweets to her like, see if you can gaslight her into that situation. <laughs> I like how I, I like how Rich would try and talk her into suicide. Um... Well, it's it's more it's more passive death rather than suicide, I think. Frame yeah. it how you want. Frame it how you want. We know. And oh, she'll be aware of the semantics by the time I finish talking to her as well. So let's not worry about that. She'll know the difference. No, I think I think I get I think I get the lifeboat here. Okay, what are you saying, Kira? Are you sticking with your uh, going down with the ship? I gave my answers to like all the different like situations. If like I'm gonna leave my family completely destitute, then I'm getting on the I'm getting on the boat. If not, and there's a decum of responsibility, then I would go down with the ship ship and let the women live. Okay, so make sure to write in the comments, vote who is a better human, Monty or Kira. <laughs> uh... No, I think Monty's just telling the truth. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's not, what does that say? Put it in the comments. Uh, right. Anyway, <laughs> onto onto all things esports. This is, of course, the world's uh, tier list show, power rankings, whatever you want to call it. I don't really know the difference at this point. I'll be honest. Um, but before we get into that, I do very briefly want to talk or mention the patch that the, the that world's going to be on. I don't think it's particularly interesting. It's thirteen point nineteen. Um, I read the notes and they didn't really seem to change much apart from Kira will be happy because the champion he thought was already broken got a buff, which is Gangplank. Uh, do you guys think broken. there's anything notable here that changes anything about what we've already seen domestically? Or do you think this is just a continuation of, of somewhat the current meta that we've seen? What do you think, Kira? Mm, I think, you know, the on the solo queue market of things, Kai'Sa has developed new arms and legs, so the Kai'Sa builds all look a bit different. The uh, building like Lethal items and such... I don't know if the GP boss will actually make teams play them. Uh, it really kind of depends. I think one of the bigger changes would maybe be the prevalence of Lee Sin coming around, like yeah. possibly more Lee Sin. That's a big one because the Lee Sin players at the tournament on the LPL and the Korean teams, um, if uh, Lee Sin is viable, that is like a massive like net gain for those teams compared to any other teams that may be looking to upset them. Uh, it's very hard to kind of get a feel. One thing I would say is Worlds has this effect on people where at the very early stages, 
um, of the tournament. Lots of people are try are opting into really heavy like team fighting situations, um, like almost not not quite, but it's almost like wombo combo comps and stuff like that. We've seen like MF Amumu in like the past a couple of years. And then by later into the tournament, there becomes a much, much bigger focus onto like laning picks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Heimerdinger became really problematic. The Caitlyn was very consistent. Callista uh, went up in priorities throughout the years. Uh, Victor, Allah, lots of different things at Aatrox. So it'll be really interesting to see where things go from there. Um, By the way, just very quickly, I, do you think the lease and buffs were really that significant? To me, it, it kind doesn't of... matter. It doesn't matter if they're significant or like not. It's what the mental effect it has on all the lease and players yeah. of whether or not they'll pick it. For example, you could buff GP to high heavens. I think it's broken, but if I can't convince the pro players that play it to pick it and think that think that it's broken, it's asinine talking about it because you would just constantly be saying, "Oh, I think they should pick GP here," and you can only say that like so many times. Yeah. No, that's um, why. That's how I felt about the GP thing. I was like. I mean, even the GP buffs aren't that significant, although I think they're notable. It's more if you can basically trick players into now thinking like, guys, this is good, remember? Um, but yeah, Monty, what do you think there's anything here that sticks out for you or do you think this is just a very minor little tweak of a patch? Uh, I think you're going to see probably a lot more AP junglers um, just because Nidalee is quite strong right now. Talia is quite strong in the jungle. Talia is also a flex pick into the mid lane. So you're going to see teams, especially uh, D plus Kia, probably really abuse that from the red side. Um, there are, I think there's like quite a few opportunities to kind of mess with red side. Uh, we saw teams doing this with Tristana on previous patches where you take the Trist on red side and then you can flex it mid or bot lane. There's more AD options now, like Yone has gotten stronger. Um, Oriana, from what I've, from my conversations with people, seems to be, I mean, it's classic, right? Worlds, worlds rolls around and Oriana's like yeah. super broken again. Um, so I think there's going to be quite a few AD mid laners and that we saw it previously, and also quite a few AP junglers with the addition of Talia and Nidalee and probably Karthus going way up in priority. Uh, Belveth also for yeah. certain teams like G2 is probably going to be an interesting pickup. Um, bot lane, I don't think has changed that much because we did see Kaisa and Callista towards the end. Zaya is still going to be strong. Um, engage supports, especially with a lot of AP junglers, are probably going to be the name of the game. And then top lane, I think it's going to be more like Cassante, Renekton, Rumble Jacks. I don't think there's going to be a lot of of changes up there, honestly. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would, I would co-sign most of that. Now, before the tournament proper, as they say, starts, we do, of course, have some unfinished business between the mighty powerhouses this year that are EU and North America, who will, of course, winner of this, I guess, is just going to be fighting for the crown, aren't they? Uh, but no, it is BDS versus Golden Guardians before anything else uh, interesting happens. So I did want to quickly get your guys' opinion on this matchup. I think this is one that has divided a lot of people, or um, at least I think people think this is a lot more maybe interesting a series than you would have perhaps thought if I told you, you know, five months ago that an EU seed is going to play against an NA seed for, for this uh, qualifying spot. So, Monty, what what do you feel about this matchup? Um, I personally have Golden Guardians actually as slight favourites. Do you think that's fair yes. and reasonable? What do you think? 
Yeah, so I think that we're assuming that Glory, who was apparently quite homesick towards the end of the LCS split, is going to be in a better is going to be in better condition now that he's been in back in Korea for like several weeks, and you know he's he's absorbing the motherland again, the vibes from the motherland, which apparently he's not and then the scale vampires. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, no, they can't actually go them. on the plane back to Korea. That's yeah, the there thing, we go. Yeah, yeah. They can't uh, get on criminal the records. <laughs> so so the, uh, i'm hopeful that that's the case because we clearly thought golden guardians was going to have a significantly better summer playoffs performance than they did in fact given the shakiness of na as a whole i think you probably could have made an, an argument heading into the the playoffs that golden guardians was actually the favorite yeah. to potentially win the title and they really fell flat on their faces and a lot of that was you know gory and river pretty significantly underperforming and I just don't believe that that's going to to happen again. They also should have gotten significantly more practice. They've been here like BDS, like I guess is hardly doing a boot camp at all. They showed up yeah. a few days in advance. And I'm just saying, you know, today's October 4th in Korea. If they got here today, they are still going to be a little bit jet lagged by the yeah. time that uh, that match happens. I mean, I'm I, I got here on the 28th and I'm still a little bit jet lagged. <laughs> By the way, how mental is it that, you know, your entire year, if you're BDS, especially before the year, you probably weren't even expecting to make Worlds. You've now made the chance, let's say, whether you call this Worlds or not, whatever, the chance to make Worlds, and you show up in Korea, like, a few days beforehand. I mean, imagine that one of their blocks between now and then gets cancelled. Like, the amount of practice you're going to have is almost negligible at this point, unless you have some seriously good connections and you know some banger uh blocks to go through so to me that is kind of crazy that this whole year if your bds has been building towards this singular moment essentially and you rock up in career a few days beforehand that is inconceivable to me um kira what what do you think about this matchup how how good a chance do you give bds I mean, I again, to remind people, you know, Kira said that whenever an EU team plays an NA team, they should win, what was it, 3-0, 10 out of 10 times or something? Yeah, no, that was specifically Mad Lions because they had never won a, a, a single BO5 just to troll Mac. But anyway, okay. um, but it was funny, and he did, I did enjoy them losing to EG, even though, you know, I didn't predict it, still funny. Um, so, I've got feet in both ponds here, because originally I'm one of the, actually, the rare people that, like, you did used to watch all of, like, NA. Now I watch, like, less of NA for my own sanity. But to, I'll, for the EU people and NA people, I'll, like, run it down. Because, like, the question... I think this is a very hard... Without knowing what each team's going to do coming in and, like, how they're going to play, I think it's very hard to, like, shadow box uh, these teams because the variables and variants in some of the players uh, is quite bad. So, like, for example, uh, Licorice isn't a meme. Uh, he's actually a very good player. Mm. Uh, Gory. That is uh, worth noting, by the way, for people who, did, like me, decided to watch very little NA at the start. That actually, yeah, no, this guy had what, you know, the kids these days would call a glow up, didn't he? So, yeah, he's actually. He was really bad. For yeah, he was really he bad. Was terrible. And then he got quite good towards the end of Spring Split. And then he's kind of maintained that form again. Yeah. So, River Gory is. In a more practical sense, probably a better two v two than uh, Shield Nut. Um, 
who he is maybe probably one of the best engaged support players in the world. Like I've said this before, man. Like if you're ranked like top ten, like who he would probably be on it. He's really good at engage. He's got one of those problems though, like all engaged players, where he will like over engage and sometimes sink his team into a hole. But like some of the engage angles that he finds are like very good. Um, he's like I mean I don't think Stixie's practically that good an ADC player. Um, which could be a problem in the meta realm. To run down uh, Golden Guardians, if you cannot beat Adam on his like cheese peak cheese picks in a practical sense you cannot beat bds you have to learn uh every team in europe had to learn how to do this i think everyone just memory holds this like oduamne photon all these bb all these players spent like winter and spring just getting continuously solo killed off of yeah. uh adam over and over and over again and they're all better players than adam but that's not he just like like puts them in such a hole and such a deficit it can be rather hard to play if you can solve it then you have to leave Adam as just like a normal um, team, uh, a normal player. And Adam is a lot of BDS's team fighting prowess and setups. If you look at a lot of the best versions of uh, BDS's engages and uh, BDS's objective like timings and setups, they actually all come out of Adam. So if you put him into like deficits, it's really bad. Him and the uh, Labrov bear a lot of the burden of that uh, from winter and summer and then spring shield was very good in sedge for example um the other thing you've got to stuff is and this is where the playstyle part of it comes into in bo5 and these are like big pressure bo5s i actually think bds's style is more favorable and this and then this is the sense uh, when you have something like uh, Golden Guardians where like let's just say you want to get your jungle 2v2 like rolling you need to be like proactive and there's like a, a an ability of like failure you know what I mean like you've got a very strong jungle 2v2 you need to get maybe like two or three ganks off in like mid lane or pressure a jungle in the first 15 minutes and if you don't get that you start to like fall behind a little bit whereas like Crowney has like even though he's not been in the best form, has an affinity to more, like, scaling picks. Like, for an example, are Golden Guardians going to be prepared to ban Cogmore Brom, like, every single game? Because that's a possibility. G uh, BDS might just play Cogmore Brom. And if you can't beat Cogmore Brom, you're now, your pick bans are, like, fucked. Are, but is BDS going to play it? They showed they, they would play it in uh, finals. You know what I mean? They picked, they were one of the teams that picked up from G2. Are they going to play it here? These are all the questions that you just don't have answers to. Like, yeah. Adam could just start playing set one game, or Garen. Like, if I see that, I'm way less inclined to say BDS is going to win. But if he's going to get given Darius, and you lose to it game one, and he gets given it to games two and three, I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stuff that you need to see what yeah. actually goes on in the game. Uh, I would just boil it down. This is my pleb Reddit level take on this series, which is I'm going to say that BDS are going to win just because I still think no matter what the little tweaks uh, here and there have been, it's still a bot-centric meta and Crowny, even off form, is 20 times better than that shithouse Stixay who, if he wasn't in NA, wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm going to say is, is the difference here. Monty, can I get a prediction from you for this one? What do you think I think Golden that? Guardians is going to win this Ooh, one. Okay. I think this is just a matter of uh, preparation. I mean, think about how long you've had to prepare for all of BDS's quirks heading into this. True, and actually. you've had all of the time to you, you you've had a month basically to to like prep very seriously for BDS. And you are going to be in a position where you can scrim for longer. I assume that we'll see a better performance out of River and Gory. I think Golden Guardians is a very, you know, 55% edge 
But I just have one question for you, Monty, which is a medical one, which is how long, despite how much prep they've had, does it take to grow hands? Asking for a friend, <laughs> stick say. Because so, to me, that is still like a massive, massive issue, right? Because I, I do think that ultimately, as weird as Adam is, and, you know, he'll he'll try his best to flip the game with his main character syndrome in top lane, I do think it will still come down to what happens in bot lane personally. But Kira, what do you I... think? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, how long does it take to grow a champion pool for nuclear ants? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he has the problem. He has the problem. Always one more split, Monty. That's the other. <laughs> Always one more split. What do you think, Kira? Give me a prediction. I'm slightly onto Team VDS, but I'm not one of those people that think that like Golden Guardians are a toothless lion. Like, in mm. terms of like, I think some like EU like fans and all that are looking at like, ha ha ha, like low like Golden Guardians like. But again, the <sighs> Golden Guardians, it's almost, it's the same as Licorice. Like, if you haven't followed NA for the last, call it split and a half, then your memories of Golden Guardians are being complete hot garbage, even in the context of NA. So, All I I'm guess... going to say is, I don't put a lot, of, unless I actually think the coach is legit, and I don't talk about coaching stuff, I do not put a lot of stock into, like, players actually, like, prepping and team, uh, team people, uh, managers and team coaches actually prepping. Because I've spoken to them, and everyone I speak to, a lot of their fucking prep sucks balls it's really bad and other things is like i don't know how the fuck you prep for level four and five darius gangs coming out of like river in the mid lane because sometimes adam just does stuff that's like so silly and it just looks so tilting and like even the best of europe like falls plight to it the way i um, see it it's like one of those mma stories where you see on like an embedded or something where you're like god oh, this guy's like a really unique striker how do you prep for that and we bring this guy in and then it's like adam's face comes around the corner he's like but he's not me like, some, I don't think you can bring in like you know scrim against the top laner who can actually replicate his style fully. You know, it's like no, just... I, I don't, I don't think you can. It'd be, it's um, but I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not massively swayed. Like, see if Golden Guardian, Guardians like three zero them, I'd be like surprised at the fact it's a three zero. But I would just, be, I'd be like, well, yep, they got it over the line. Um, if they won outside of what I described, that would be interesting. You know what I mean? Like that is where the interesting part would be. Um, if they could show a facet to their game or have developed a facet of their game that, that I haven't seen before, that's where the interest comes from. But yeah. I think it will be pretty binary. Right, cool. So different opinions on that one. We'll see. I'm going to say five games either way, but I, I do I do think BDS will probably edge it, but we'll see. Right, moving on to the teams that we know are <laughs> taking part in uh, in the tournament. Uh, gonna... I'm just going to speed this up. Does anybody have any of the minor regions outside of didn't watch don't care anybody any takers no. I well this is this is the thing like originally i thought you know maybe we could get nymera on the show just to you know humor him as he talks about how team gobbledygook might you know have a decent top laner who'll then eventually come over to the uh, lec and be the worst player we've ever seen on heretics oh, sorry that got a bit specific there um but, uh, no I, I think that I, I speak for everyone when i say no absolutely not i'm just gonna go from sort of left to right as i hope that this preset template that i've stolen off the internet is uh, also set up for you guys so it has a uh, the movie star team top left is that the same for you guys or did it randomize the order on your oh it's list? not it's not linked i just set mine up oh uh, okay well anyway we're gonna start with uh movie star anyway because that's the, how they appear on my D does anyone have any insight well, on this team whatsoever 
to come nope. and just whack them straight in. But the, like, like, like the recurring said, people... didn't watch, don't care. Yeah, like, yeah. like Monty said, I don't think we watched anyone except from I think Gam's going to be the other team to make it out. That, that was it. I actually have a Gam World's jersey from last year because it was so fire that I felt compelled to get it. But then did I watch any of their games this year? Did I fuck? So yeah, they can be... Uh... Monty, who do you think will be the other team to make it out of here? Like in the plans? It's pro- I mean, it's probably going to be... Um, I, I would assume it's going to be one of the PSG, like PSG or one of the Taiwanese teams. But yeah, what we'll flying oysters or what do you call sure, PSG? Or PSG. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, actually, let's let's go to the rest. I'm of I'm the- hopeful for loud or gam. That would be a fun storyline. I think. I think I gam snipes them personally. Just but I just out of that asset because that's who I've watched the most of. But that's it. But have you watched any of loud? No. no. So yeah. it's based off absolutely <laughs> nothing. I respect that. Yeah, like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just that's literally what I think. Well, here's the thing. We think whoever, like, BDS or Golden Guardians, the team that goes in here is going to make it out. Yes, no. Other team, no. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Right, okay, but we've probably right, right, not right. watched all the teams they're going to watch, but we think they're going to beat them based off of, like... Yeah, exactly. Yes. So... I guess. Um, okay, let's let's actually just start with all of the North American teams. I think that's a good place to start. Right. You know, leave the leave the good shit to the back end. So let's start with Cloud Nine. What are our initial thoughts and feelings about Cloud Nine, Monty? What do you think of this this team? By the way, obviously the graphic will be on screen, but just to you know uh, clarify the uh, sections in case there's any confusion whatsoever. Obviously, winner bracket speaks for, uh, speaks for itself, who we think can win. Contenders, similarly, like, you know, these teams are probably making semifinals or should possibly be outsiders to win. Bracket play, uh, this is previously, of course, the equivalent of getting out of groups. Who's going to make it to the bracket play? Who might struggle? Think that speaks for itself. Zero six vibes, yes, we're aware, but, you know, I think it's still a great name for a section and uh, it really sort of encapsulates how we feel about the teams that end up in there. So leaving that <laughs> and if you don't know what didn't watch doesn't care means and you've probably got more issues than I can help you with. So, yeah, what do you think of Cloud9, Monty? Where where would they factor in and what, what do you think of this team? Uh, I think that this team, we've already seen most of the pieces on this team uh, struggle at international events. Uh, I am really down on MNS as a player just because his consistency is terrible. There's no way he's actually on this team next year. We saw a similar iteration of this team go to Worlds last year, except they had Jensen, who typically overperforms at a World Championship compared to his domestic level. There's no reason to believe that MNS is going to have that kind of performance. And so as much as I would like Cloud9 to do well, if you think about a lot of the mid laners that are going to be competing at this event, I don't think MNS can handle any of them. The mid lane pool was almost historically weak in LCS yeah. uh, this year overall. Like JoJo popped off, but even he was inconsistent. And um, then you had Gory who kind of choked at the end. But outside of those two, it was it was terrible. Like the, the mid lane talent was just terrible in LCS. So he wasn't even challenged. And even while not being challenged, he would still just run it down and go like 0-7 in games sometimes. Um, now you tell me what happens when MNS goes and tries to, you know, fight Chovy and, and you know, 
Zhao Hu and Knight and some of the best mid laners in the world at this tournament. I just think it's not going to be pretty. Um, so I'm I'm pretty down on Cloud Nine. They're I, I I think they're just there's there's nothing to believe that like suddenly we're going to get truly international performances out of Blabber and uh, and Fudge, right? Mm-hmm. Berserker is their only hope, but Berserker is probably, I mean, the meta probably isn't going to be the same kind of like hyper carry performance given some of the champions that are strong right now. And it's not going to be like Zeri Jinx carry whole game uh, at Worlds. So fresh off his 15k fine, there'll be no sort of mute. And from what I know about Emnes, by the way, you might think like, oh, that's the fire lit underneath him. Now, this guy is the, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm literally on fire. It's over. I'm dying. And I will probably die five times in lane. Uh, What do you think, Kira, about Cloud9? They've got one world-class player, but even then, the lower part of being world-class, even ADC, they don't know how to facilitate ADC at world-class level, so it's pointless really talking about it. Unless this team just upgrades beyond its measures and scrims and a version of C9 that we haven't seen before shows up at the tournament, they're absolutely... That's basically it. Uh, they cannot get Berserker to the situations where he can play out fights because um, he won't have advantages, the naturalised advantages that it has in NA, and they couldn't even do it in NA, which is a fucking terrible sign. If you cannot win a- NA with the by far best ADC, that is usually a very, very, very bad sign for your team. So I don't really have much hope for them. They're in my... What's it called? Bracket zero six. Like, Ooh, okay, so that was going to be the ultimate question. So for you, Monty, is this zero six vibes, or are we giving them a little bit of something? Is it a might struggle? See, they won't go like sorry. Because yeah, will they? I mean, will they win games? Could they be? Could they be? I guess the way I would like sort of differentiate these two categories is: could they be in the conversation at the latter part of the Swiss system? Could they be, or are they just doomed? I, I just don't think they're gonna get out of I get out of the Swiss system. I don't think no. they really have any chance. They're not gonna lose all their games just because of the way Swiss operates, but they'll probably head out kind of part way through the Swiss system. I just don't think that with it, it, basically you have to say, how can one of these teams get through? They have to they have to somehow pull off an upset against either a Chinese, a Korean, or G two. Yeah. And doing that is I think is really difficult. Okay. That's why pretty much in Swiss everybody should be, you know, pretty certain besides those nine teams that they are not going to get out. Yeah. So this guys is why the 06 vibes section exists cuz will they go 06? No, in fact it's literally impossible. No. But do they give us that vibe? <laughs> Absolutely. So get in their cloud 9. They, they could go 05. Yeah. There we because go. Because you pay, you go 01, 01, and then you lose a best of five. Yeah. Or is it, yeah, it's best of three. Pool, uh, by the way, pool three is actually one of the uh, the sections that are, that as one of the, if you're a North American team, uh, pool three is one of the hilarious pools where the, your best team you can draw is Fnatic because the other team would be like T1 or Bella Bella Gaming. And then you would then, you, the teams that you then can draw after that, like the variance of it, is just like so wide because it's like losers. But it doesn't get much better because mm. of like what's above you and below you. It's like, it doesn't get good, guys. It's, nah. it, unless you're drawing other NA teams or one of the wild cards, it 
It just gets worse and worse. Gonna and be worse. gonna be a rough one for a lot of these teams. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Let's keep it in uh, keep it in North America and let's go. Well, let's talk about Golden Guardians. Should they hypothetically make it through? Do we? Is there any reason for us to believe they'll be any more or less successful than Cloud Nine? What do you think? Monty? Look, I think I think the opinion, the, the correct opinion on Gold Guardians is that they have a significantly higher floor than Cloud Nine when they're playing well because. They have a stronger understanding of of macro than most other NA teams. So they can play a decent game of League of Legends when River and Gory are on form. So it, I think in, it's fair to actually have better expectations of them at, at international events. I, I They outperform Cloud9, for example, at MSI, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, so we, we've already seen this take place. The, the, again, the question mark is, are they even here? And that's going to require... Gorian River being back in form, which I, I believe is going to happen, but we can't know that for sure. I think they do better than Cloud9, but still, no, they're not getting out of Swiss. What do you think, uh, Kira? Are they significantly better that they could maybe, you know, dip just into Mike's little... struggle? No, just, like, Mike's struggle to me is, like, you, you I, don't, I don't know, like, even... Like, Mike struggle to me, like, decide as, like, a team that has, like, expectations, but you expect them to probably get to, like, one of the winner, like, BO3s and then lose, like, type of thing. That's, like, I don't see them getting to there. I just see them going, like, 0-1, 1-1, 1-2, or, like, something like that. Like, that's, like, why I picture their scoreline being, like... Yeah, I do think that if, for example, Cloud9 were playing BDS, I'd be very confident that BDS would win. Whereas with the Golden Guardians BDS thing, I do think it's kind of a pick em. So I have them as like, uh, I guess, being a tier, if you like, above Cloud9. So for me, I think I would put them in might struggle because I expect them to not get out. Um, but I also think they could possibly win a game against a team that they are not favoured to win. So I think I'd probably put them in my struggle just because just I believe they deserve... Actually, you know what? I'll put them in 0-6 vibes, but on the left-hand side. They're better than Cloud9. They're better than Cloud9. But maybe my struggle's a bit of a bit of a push. Right. Now, moving on to Team Liquid. Uh, what are our thoughts, uh, Kira, <laughs> on uh, this, this, this lineup? What are you thinking? Uh, if, I don't know. If, basically, it's all about just kind of what form uh, Summit plays to in this team? Is it? Uh, Does that make that any matter. difference? <laughs> I don't know. Summit can get. But here's here's the here's the thing about Summit. He can get you a million kills in lane, but when he can't use teleport, he's never there at the team fight to convert on those kills. They have no macro. They have yeah. no macro, and they have APA as a mid laner. Bro, I've got them at zero world. six. I've got them at I've got them at zero six vibes. I'm just saying, like you want me, I have to, I have to give credit to like I like it's easy to just say all of like any and EU is like yes, terrible and it's just it is because it's, it's true. Yeah, okay. It's easy to say the truth, damn it. No, no, no. But I'm just I'm highlighting the one player who like I expect to perform differently from his peer group. And yeah, I, like, I respect I think, it. I respect it. He, I think he, so you're saying he's worth a win. Could be worth a win or two. Possibly. Well, the thing is, is like I think like Summit, like Team Liquid could. Oh, oh, he's gone. His commitment to giving them their kudos <laughs> has attacked <laughs> his <laughs> entire internet. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, 
Uh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I just think Summit could have some games where he like maybe snipes. If I was to bet against it, probably not. But I would just like to highlight him as a quality player from the NA region. He sometimes just doesn't care, and he does some on-stage decision-making that I would possibly refer to as intentionally feeding. But... Um, <laughs> I'll never uh, forgive him for that playoffs that he had uh, the season before last or whatever. <laughs> that it, he will never live that down. That when he was, was on cloud dying, yeah, that was that, great. That, yeah, was that was a, great. if that's traditional sports, you probably never get a job again kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a job in LPL. Um, would you call it? Yeah, I, I, I've just not got a lot of good things to say about this team. Like, it's, The only thing it's going to be, I'm going to get to watch, If I can't say his name, Foyshek, um, I just called fish lips. Yeah, I'm gonna get to. I'm, I'm gonna just get to watch him lose, right? And it's gonna be redemption for last year's worlds, where he should have lost a lot more than he did, and he just somehow managed to skate on piss ice. You didn't enjoy finally. his little kindred bow celebration. You didn't like that, right? Stop bringing up bad times, bad memories. It's positive times. We're in the losing era. It's gonna be good. Uh, Monty, where are we placing this team vis-a-vis? Because uh, forget about Worlds. Are they better or worse than Golden Guardians? They're the worst, they're 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 the the worst worst, yeah. NA team. Yeah, yeah, get them in there. So yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, like they just have no ability to play out, even from win winning positions. And the liability of having APA in there at this point in his career, who was emergency like substituted in halfway through the split had some good Ziggs games and then Ziggs got banned and then uh yeah didn't have such a good run after that. I think it's it's very rough. You can him. play Zeras now, Monty. Oh boy. <laughs> By the way, side note, because obviously the last team we're gonna talk about in NA is obviously NRG. I, I how have we reached the point where North America currently is where it is in the League of Legends like ecosystem and they have four representative at Worlds. That is so mind-blowing that will... this is the current system that we have like so it's gone up they didn't always use it for it's gone up they're getting more representation like when we said maybe don't give every minor region you know a bunch of spots or something that didn't mean give it NRG's to fucking one team liquid huh? nrg are seeded nrg are seeded the same as gdg gen g and g2 which is it's hilarious if you think about fair, it. Fair you know? and reasonable. I will say I think NRG are better than Team Liquid. But what what are you saying about this team, Kira? Where where do you place them? Again, I feel like we're really discussing their strength, like vis-a-vis -vis their own region at this point, rather than Worlds. Because are they better than Zero Six Vibes? I don't know, but uh, they're better than Liquid, right, Kira? What do you think? Well, the thing is, is they can actually like the the problem is, is NRG can like luck out and make it seem that they weren't Zero Six Vibes because they're in the fortunate position. Where they can draw like wild card and then draw a That's zero, true, yeah. and then they can draw an upset in the one zero, and they can go to two zero. But then when they're at that two zero stage, more likely than not, I expect them to go two one, two two, two three. Mm. So they they'll, they'll be able to give you the thing, the idea that they weren't going to go zero six, the illusion, you know what I mean, of success. But they are not that far removed from the rest of the teams yeah. in terms of who they actually are. Um. Is that purely though? Because like, obviously, because of the seeding, they have like just by default, I guess, the best opportunity. Would you say that's purely based on seeding? But or do you think that NRG are actually 
in some ways better than the other. Well, they can draw Weibo Gaming in D plus and just go zero three as well. That'd be funny. That, that's entirely possible. They, but there is a version of events where they luck out and they look more successful than they actually are. I'm just looking to highlight that because they have got the pool one pot. Uh, Any chance that they get out because they have no. the pool one? Nah, not no, really <laughs> Look, not. There's 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 always going to be a chance that one of these teams gets out because it is possible, you know, with with certain upsets occurring or or Chinese and Korean teams facing each other that you can actually qualify without ever having to face a a Chinese or Korean team. Um in fact, I think I I saw it's like 60% likelihood that that is going to happen in fact, and this is one of the reasons why Swiss is shit with this yeah. kind of seeding. Um, so if you do have a seed, you know, uh, a tier one seed, remember if you hit a, you know, if you hit Weibo and you get that win in a best of one over Weibo, which I don't think is outrageous, right? It's a best of one. We've seen crazier upsets at worlds than NRG yeah. beating Weibo previously, um, in the best of ones, then in theory, you can actually kind of like clear into, uh, a really favorable draw. And all yeah, you have to do is make sure you get into a best of three against maybe like a, a European team or something like that. And then you can just qualify out. So Monty, so can I, we I, put them in the might struggle? No. Can they? No, no, okay. the zero no. As, 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 as <laughs> I'm explaining. I'm explaining how G2 is going to get into okay. the bracket stage. So, but <laughs> do we put them furthest left? Are they, do they have the best shot? At, at They'll have the best wins? games. Or are they I, below GG? I think I'm going to choose to believe that Palafox's playoff performance is the same kind of performance he's going to have here. He's still going to be considerably worse than many mm. of the other mid laners. Um, but also like FBI, I think can be at least somewhat competitive at the, at the international level. It's a great meta for Ignar mm, always true. on the engaged supports. Um, also, I think probably a decent meta for Doklo. So it feels like NRG probably will be the best NA team. Again, it's possible that it's Golden Guardians, as weird as that sounds, because they have yeah. to like do the world's qualifying series. But I'm kind of reverting to my pre-playoffs predictions because that form should have been better for GG. But I'll say NRG for now. Right. From Kids TV to HBO, let's go to Korea next. Uh, what oh, are fun. we thinking about for the uh, perpetual contenders over the years of League of Legends T1? Let's start with T1. Monty, what do you think about this team? Do you think that this meta suits them? Do you think that uh, they can... Yeah, I mean, they don't look like a contender to me at this point, to be honest. But is there any hope for this this team? What do you think? They should never have made finals. It will forever be a mystery why KT couldn't figure out how to ban Azir and Nico versus Faker, the only two <laughs> champions he could play in playoffs, because they were certainly solved by the time that Gen G hit them twenty four hours after that that losers bracket match. Uh, it was real. I think KT had a very disappointing performance, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. But in T1's case, Faker was not playing like he was earlier this year. I think in spring, Faker probably had one of his best individual splits in like the last five years. And yeah. then once his injury took hold, he his individual skill kind of fell off a cliff again. 
and he didn't look at practice in terms of his champion pools. He's been chilling in China with the Asian games team. True, he hasn't been playing very much, so he might have been practicing solo queue, but they're never going to tell us the extent to which his injury is still plaguing him, mm. if you know what I mean. So I think it's really hard to get a read on that. Now, T1 fans will probably be encouraged by the fact that it's a probably going to be a Lee Sin meta, as we touched on earlier, which is clearly fantastic for owner. Yeah. Um, but as a whole, like, I just can't... Uh, Zayas doesn't show up in finals. We're still waiting for the final in which Zayas shows up in. So I find it very difficult to believe that they're actually going to be in the finals of the world championships unless Faker is, like, completely healed and suddenly is back into the spring form that he was in. But I just don't see it, man. I think I don't I, I think this this roster, this iteration of the team one roster is kind of done. And we're going to see some sh some some shakeups after this year. If I were to tell you that Faker was guaranteed to be, you know, let's just say spring Faker because he was completely healed. Do you think that changes the ceiling of the team meaningfully, Monty? Or do you think that they're still probably not a contender? I mean, Spring Faker, while good for Faker's form, is still, I think, below most of the other elite mid laners in this tournament. And sure, he brings a ton to the table when it comes to in-game strategy and macro and shot calling. Um, but it just hasn't felt like they've had, you know, that that same performance even after Faker got back. Right. Yeah. Uh, they did get kind of clapped by Gen G in the end and they seem kind of limited. You know, once you take the Zaya away, once you take the Nico away, once you take the Azir away, they didn't they didn't have much left. So I'm curious. I mean, Oriana is obviously a very good pick for Faker. So yeah, true. He yeah. can always fall back on on some of these champions. I just think they lack the kind of dynamism and versatility that is going to be necessary to win this event. So for me, you know, I would put T1 in the bracket stage, but. I probably wouldn't be too optimistic about them getting into the semifinals. I do think, obviously, this has been like a narrative throughout the year, but I do think it's it's worth mentioning again that even though overall, of course, you know, caveated with the injury and so on, this has not been like an amazing individual year for Faker. I do think it's kind of cool how, in a weird way, it's, this year's probably massively enhanced his legacy just by the whole oh, timeline yeah. of... Uh, T1 with and without Faker, like because you never you, know. It's you like hate, you hate to you hate to see him injured, but it did answer a fuck ton of questions yeah. about what Faker does in the game of League of Legends these yeah. days, and they're really compelling answers. Like it's it's, I'm not gonna say it's great he was injured, but it is great for my own intellectual curiosity that he was injured. Yeah, it's, it's it also shows you that one of the things where like when team players learn with like a certain pillar. Of the game being there and then you take that pillar away they don't real yeah. often realize how much they were relying on like that like thing and so like a lot of people were always like laughing that like when faker was taken away they were like oh owner isn't one of the best junglers this isn't one of the best tops guma's a meme korea's yeah, yeah. like a fraud and all that i was like no like those players could have all been like as good as what people were saying the problem was is if you remove like a big aspect of the game away like Faker was the thing that they like all they, the way they learned to play as a team was Faker had like like determined roles and was like shot calling and was doing things and if you just take that away you know what I mean those players though they have might have extreme strengths you've now taken away a part of the game that they were relying on Faker for to me so that's uh, like, interesting it just sort of makes me think of like Ali pre and post ban where it's like Ali never even used to get hit 
And then it took like him being older and having a band to realize that, oh shit, now he's getting hit. He actually has a chin. And it's like, we always thought Faker was probably pretty smart about the game, but you never knew if he was until, you know, he actually got removed. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. But Kira, do, Monty's thinking probably more bracket here than contender for T1. Would you, would you co-sign that? Or do you think they could be a, a proper contender? No, okay. So here, I don't think they can win because the team that they can get to semis and they can even get to final through like narrative thinking. Okay, but the problem is is they have to then beat one of the team, one of the teams in final, like one of the other teams in finals, and more likely than not, they will always lose, in my opinion, to those teams. Like for example, you can structure it like they draw like I don't know, like KT. Okay, and they've been they've been beating KT all year, and so like they, you know, what I mean, they beat KT and then. They draw like Gen G, but it's world's form Gen G, and they beat Gen G because like Gen G like collapsed. No, I'm being like yeah, yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? Oh, so, yeah, now sure. so they're now in finals, right? They now have to either beat BLG. I don't know BLG, GGG, LNG. Do I think they're going to beat any of those three teams? Like the best chance is BLG. The other two, no. Like so, if BLG fluke it and make it to the brackets, we have now created an insane situation where. They have drawn like KT Genji and they draw BLG in the finals. Do I think that situation is that likely? No. Do I think that will happen? Most likely not. Um, so I would definitely have them at bracket stage rather than contenders because yeah. I've had to fabricate a bunch of stuff mm. and I've created like one line for them winning, in my opinion. That's the only line I see them <coughs> possibly winning. And I don't think it's all that likely. Fair enough. So let's uh, move over to the one team that does, I guess, consider. Uh, T1 to be their absolute kryptonite, which is KT. Uh, oh, KT, KT, KT. It's just, oh, always, not even the bridesmaid, really. Always a passive observer at the back of the furthest away pew in the church, really, aren't they? Uh, Monty, uh, can KT, assuming they dodge the demons that are T1, can, can KT do anything here? Yes, they are contenders. Ooh. Yes, they can. So they had a real they've been really growing uh, this year. And yes, it's true that they've had some extremely embarrassing losses to T1. First off, starting in the spring at a best of five, they absolutely should have won in playoffs. They had massive advantages in game five of that series. Uh, then you get into the series, the two series that we saw in the the summer playoffs. The thing about KT is that during their run, they were definitely one of the most versatile and I think best teams in the world in the regular season this summer, both BDD. And, I, look, I don't know why Lehens got MVP. I, that is completely That's mystifying so to me. I, I don't even think Lehens is the best support player within the LCK. I think in summer it was delight. Uh, so that was, that was deeply confusing to me. Uh, but in any case, I think Keen or BDD did in fact deserve that MVP and you could probably flip a coin and see which one, uh, you know, would take it uh, because I think they were pretty evenly matched in an MVP race. Neither of them got it, of course. Uh, but this team was really good because was surprisingly consistent. Keen is one of the only players within the LCK who um, has been able to have this Im immense champion pool. He can play weak side. He can play strong side. He can play. He was the one who popularized the, the Quinn counterpick into Renekton. He played Poppy for the first time ever in the playoffs and like dominated. Right. Uh, he's a, he's a really, really good player. Even BDD. We saw new champions coming out of him. Now, what's surprising is BDD has never played Jace in his career, but he had his first Jace game uh, in, during the summer split as well. So this is a team that continues to perform really well, even on new picks. 
And unlike all the rest of the Korean top laners, like Keen is, you can, Keen is just can do anything. He's like the Swiss army knife up there in the top lane. So I think this team is extremely good. And I, I know from talking to people who are close to KT that there were some nerves issues in playoffs, especially uh, with their success in summer. So I'm hopeful that they will be able to overcome some of this and, and put out a, a really strong performance. Um, it's a really good team. They can play a lot of different styles. Um, they're really good at pick compositions in particular. They have a bunch of weird pocket picks, like, of course, BDD's Twisted Fate, which has been popping up left and right all year. Uh, his Talia is going to be really good. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a great team. They should be considered contenders as long as they don't, you know, choke it again. Kira, what do you think? Do you think KT can measure up against some of the Chinese teams, for example? Do you see them as highly as, as Monty does? Yeah, I do. Um, I agree with basically everything that Monty said. The only thing I would add, like he talked, touched on a bit of it, the, uh, the deeper uh, playoff series seems to go, the less I believe in like KT, um, and particularly KT and how they play around Keen. It seems to get worse for some strange reason. Um... I really like the team. I think the team's great. Their drafting sometimes is a little bit perplexing. Not in terms of like their picks, but the timing of their picks. For example, they're like they'll like uh, last pick counter pick Renekton, and I sometimes don't see that. As, and you know, what I mean, it basically ends up into a matchup that they could have gotten had they first picked Renekton. Um, but you know, what I mean, they give up their counter pick for they, I think they could already have had. So sometimes that's a little bit uh, perplexing. Uh, I really like the way KT plays. I like the fact that they have like a couple of team comps that they're very, very good at, and they can like go between them all. Um, they're not as like pigeonholed as other like elite teams. Uh, BDD, if you watch any of his like POVs, is like at is at like peak of his powers in terms of individual. Again, uh, it's actually unbelievable how good he is. He's uh, quite often the unsung hero of Korean mids, I feel like, as well. Like, he never gets talked about nearly as much as sort of the big names. Uh, just because of his, world. like, Longju uh, long period and stuff like that. Then he had, like, the fall-off. Um, I mean, he, to be um, fair, the last time he was at Worlds, he was absolutely spectacular. I yeah. mean, he was the reason why... Yeah, he was the reason why Gen G was even in the semifinals and almost beat EDG. So he really was amazing, and I think he can step it up again. If he had Ruler in that series at like peak Ruler, because Ruler wasn't as good that year of like Worlds, that cycle of Worlds, they most likely would have beaten EDG and they would have been playing in the finals. It would have been super interesting because and BDD is just one of those players. Whenever you like actually watch um what a POV of him, it's he's got some of the. Outside of like the pure greats, like his POVs are absurd. How good they are! They're absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, like. So we're thinking sort of more contender than one of the absolute favourites. Then I think that's well, one. The one thing I would say about KT is sometimes they do get lost in the sauce. Like they'll have like a pet comp, and what they'll end up doing is that they'll have like the, the, a pet comp or a split push comp of some sort, right? And then they'll like overgroup for like an early Drake and throw the game before they can even get the comp to like the point where it like actually is like super effective. That's like one of the things I find frustrating with them. I think that overall because obviously that happened as well in the the T1 series. I think that also goes into what Monty's saying where to me stuff like that when I see that is 
very often nerves because whenever I hear yeah. like the mic checks when teams do that in like the EU playoffs it, and with these weird like you know, a team for example has like hyperscaling but they're like overgrouping for like a second or first or second Drake and they shouldn't even be they're not even at the item points to fight or whatever and you listen to the comms and then just speaking for EU here it always sounds super panicked and exactly why you know it answers the question of why are you doing that and I do suspect as Monty said that is probably nerves related whether or not they overcome that or not obviously we're speculating here um speaking of teams that you know sometimes defy your expectations for better and for worse particularly internationally let's go to genji um who are a really interesting team i think uh monty what, what do you think of genji this year I think you have to put them into contenders because we're just going to assume for that for the first time we get to see their domestic performance internationally and that they don't get sucked into playing other teams' styles for no apparent reason. I would hope they've learned their lesson, especially from MSI, which is like, why are you doing these things that you never did domestically? Why are you trying to be the worst version of a Chinese team when you could just be the really good version of the extremely measured macro first team that wins LCK titles. So I'm hoping we see that iteration of Gen G and it's, we're not in for another disappointment because it's been rough. Do you, do you rate them better or worse than KT for for this world? So you see them as having a better shot better. title? Better. Better. Uh, but I think better. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, unfortunately last year was Gen G's year. That's the truth of it is last yeah. year we saw that, you know, the the title was up for grabs. They could have easily, one would think, beaten DRX and T1 uh, in order to take the title. And they choked, you know, yeah. they choked in a big way. So I, I don't think we can assume that the choke is just always going to happen because it doesn't in domestic titles. And we know they can be very good in stadium events. Um, and maybe they'll be in Korea and they'll be more comfortable this time. Right. Because they don't choke in Korea. Yeah, that's true. What, <laughs> what, what, what do you think, Kira? Do you think uh, Genji are a real contender? Do you have faith in Genji? I have faith in the sense of, like, uh, I believe you should base your analysis on what has happened and not what, like, narratives continue. You think, like, the same narratives would keep going. For example, you just got to hope. Like, I think Jovi's the best player in the world. I think... You have to come up with some crazy reasonings for Chovy like not to be the best player in the world. The problem is, is Chovy's got like this aura around him that when Chovy goes to Worlds, there is some sort of collapse of around, around Chovy for whatever reason, uh, and that's the only reason like you can move like uh, Genji out of like contenders. Uh, and, I have like, to. I'm very surprised down. hearing that from a, a resident night enjoyer. I would have thought that would still be your. Your no, like knights, right? because if all the if you take all the facets of the game, like Chovy's the best across the aggregate. Knight is ultra specialized in one specific area in which he is the best player to have ever played in that one specific area. But he is not. He cannot do all the things that Chovy can do. It's just Knight is on the best version of of a team for Knight, and that's that's it. Like Chovy isn't on the best version of a team for Chovy. Chovy's just carrying the absolute hell out of a. Off, off, maybe good, this is a little bit team. harsh but i feel like this is something and i'm not saying you're wrong by the way at all I, i'd probably co-sign that but i do feel like we are always contextualizing excuses for chovy when it comes to like the absolute like highest possible no, they, play. it does always he, seem like chovy does, doesn't are, have are this chovy does i i feel i think i <laughs> no, think no, so. no 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 
Chovy, Chovy, if you go watch LCK finals, which are pressure games, right? Chovy is amazing. He's playing against some of the best teams in the world in these finals, and he is playing at a level and doing things in these games that are unbelievable. Like, if you look at like, his consistency and the facet of his game day to day to day, he is unbelievable. It's when Chovy is at Worlds, there are massive problems that arise, which is what I've covered, which is perfectly fine to, like, uh, perfectly fine to highlight and, like, say. Like, this happens with, this happens with numerous players. It's just, it's like, I'm basing it on the, the Chovy that like plays in like LCK, you know what I mean? He, he had a mental collapse at, like MSI as well. Um, I've just got to hope that that doesn't. I can say a caveat it by saying if it does happen, it's disappointing, and you know you just got to run back another year for Chove. But day to day to day, oh, I'm, I, I'm with you. All, all I'm saying is, to me, the Church of Chove seems to lack accountability a lot of the time. That's 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 all. That's all I'm saying with that. But uh, no, yeah, I I'd, I'd I'd go along with uh with most. Of that. I think that's uh. I think that's fair. Um, right, and let's uh, move on then to the final team from South Korea, which is... Where are they? Oh, one thing I would like to highlight just quickly for Monty. What do you actually think of Pace, Monty, right now? I think he's good, but and I think he's doing his job, but it's it's very hard to judge how good he is when he has so many excellent players around him, particularly Peanut and Delight, Delight in yeah. order to set him up. I, I think he's doing a great job. He's doing his job, um, but his me. job is not the hardest job. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, he's, 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 he's right now. Um, Pays is like the best stat stick of like the ADCs, where it's like a, <laughs> exactly like he's a, he's he's a janitor, man. He's he cleans things up. Well, uh, the th and that's that's fine. <laughs> being a very very good stat stick has as its own like uh, skill set because you know like Jackie Love in previous iterations has been a very bad stat stick and has cost <laughs> yeah. certain players massive series and world's chances. So you can underline stat stick and make it sound begrudging, but you know what I mean. There is beauty in a floor. You know what I mean. The floor is underneath your feet. You don't fall through the floor. That's all I've got to say. He's he's set up for success, but he does his job well. Anyway, By the way, fun little fact, actually, before I forget, is that Delight is one of the uh, South Korean players who, for the last two years, has been very, very close to playing in Europe, actually. I'm sure he's glad that he did not make that decision uh, <laughs> in hindsight, uh, probably even without hindsight. Uh, but yeah, he, he was very close a couple of times to to playing on uh, European teams and to sort One of more quash a rumour which has some weight but isn't as true as a lot of people think it was. Keane was really not that close to playing in Europe. All it really was. <laughs> <laughs> teams wanted him. Yeah, sure. They want, want a lot of things, don't they? But uh, no, that one was never going to happen uh, realistically. But who cares? We got Segender instead, didn't we? Whoops, said too much. Anyway, so let's move yeah, on. Just, yeah, yeah sorry. just say about Peanut. If Peanut's on Lee Sin and Nidalee, I'll fucking lose it. I really will lose it if that happens. No, I genuinely he's, will he's, want it. He's I, just gonna he's gonna No, no, no. He's just gonna play he's gonna play Poppy and he's gonna play Viego and he you know, that, that'll be fine. Uh I can hope. A boy can hope, Monte. A boy can hope. Right. On to uh not Dan Wan Kia, but whatever the fuck they're called now. Um Kia. D plus so, Kia. Yeah, D plus Kia. Uh, <laughs> what what are uh, what are our initial thoughts about this team? Um, I think that you can make a case. Th th this would be the best team in Korea 
uh, from Reddit, right? In terms of like, if Reddit was making the call here, like that's you good, know, actually. that is really good. But in reality, what what do we what do we think about this team? How how well do the names fit together, Kira? What do you think about? Uh, not very, but I wish there was like a on our tier list. There was just a fucking tier. It was just called D plus Kia, Kia, uh, Kia because like. This is one of those, I always point out, there a couple, every couple of years, t- certain teams go to Worlds, where if, like, you know, the Millennium Puzzle, like, aligns, it's, like, really, really scary. Now, it very rarely has ever happened at Worlds. Let's just be clear about this, right, okay? In the history of World League of Legends, the Millennium Puzzle has aligned for exactly, maybe, like, one team ever, okay? And, like, even then, I would say it's IG, and even then, like, there was other metagame circumstances for them. Um, I if you were to go on the historical note, I would say they are a, like a bracket team, but not a contender team. However, they probably have the biggest upwards variance of any of like the teams you would put put at brackets. But historical analysis of this year would tell you they most likely are not going to reach that zenith. And hey, the world song's about death. That's got to count for something, right? That's got to be extra point. What do you think, right. Monty? So I think that I like the analogy they made, Kerry. Um, but I think that this team is going to be a bracket team uh, because, look, AP junglers are going to be strong. Who wants to play against Canyon playing Talia, Diddley, or Carlos? Nope, that. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants, wants to, to do that. that. <laughs> okay. Or, or like, yeah. like you're, 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 if you're looking at this this jungle pool graves as well, and you're Canyon, you're probably feeling pretty good at this point in time. Unfortunately, why I don't think they ever have a choice, a chance to be contenders, is that they have no <clears throat> late game shot calling. Yeah, they have no macro. So, so like what you're looking at is Giga Canyon carry games. Right, um, Deft has been really good all year too. He's yeah, been he really has. good. Yeah, he's actually incredibly underrated. Like, I just find it hilarious to see some people like creating these top five lists of players eighty carries right now and putting Gumiyushi over Deft when Deft has just been yikes. He's been not, Gumiyushi was the best player. Yeah, in summer, on, uh, in summer on T one, yeah. but. At the same time, Deft has been fighting an upward battle uh, against his own teammates on yeah. on D plus, and he had like the highest DPM of any AD carry. Um, in just raw, his raw stats were absolutely oh, bananas disgusting. from summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely bananas. So like he has been. People just don't understand why D plus is losing, and it's that they have really terrible shot calling, which is why they were like subbing in Bible and Kellen in and out and in and out. Um, they have a problem where if Kana gets fed, he actually can't win games. And Showmaker was kind of bad for a lot of the year. Now, Showmaker looked a lot better in playoffs. Okay, so Showmaker, it feels like he might be having a bit of a resurgence. But a lot of the big games that they won was because Canyon was like flipping out on Nico Jungle or something like that, right? Uh, but if you want carry junglers, looks like there's going to be quite a few opportunities to play those right now. And Deft is still very capable of carrying these games. So I think I think this is a good meta for D plus. Again, D plus is like the most dangerous red side team in the world in a meta that is going to be, I think, very good for red side with swappable AD yeah. mids to AD carry, and also and also like Yone swapping yeah. between mid and top, and yeah. then you have mid jungle swaps possible. So it feels good for D plus, but I think they're 
there is no reason to believe that their macro weaknesses are going to be solved. And they are certainly significantly worse at macro than most of the other good teams at this tournament. So, Here, sorry, yeah. no, so, so more bracket vibes than contender vibes. Are yes. they a yes. better team than T1? Uh, no, technically, probably technically not, but I think, no, I, I, I would I say think... yes in this Ooh. meta. Okay. That's my hot take. Right, okay. Here's here's one of the things. This is a, something teams are going to get baited into. There are, like, three ADCs in the world. You can't leave in, like, isolated, like, 1v1, like, ADC, like, farming situations. It's, like, Ruler, Deft, and, like, Viper. Because the problem with these, lots of these situations that teams end up la la leaving them in is, it's, like, uh, the advantage that like, your team is like garnering from this, this is like one something LNG done with Gala Ruler, and I think it like bit them in the bottom a little bit, or they overrotated Gala. Is like the they are like going to like max out like a lot more out of like the gold value that is put into them than like your ADC player, and I think a lot like Deft is going to get a lot of naturalized like advantages from how like people play. Like when I look at like. Uh, D plus Korea. I think one of the biggest weaknesses is like their jungle like support synergies, which is borderline like non-existent. Um, but like I don't know how much that's actually going to matter at this Worlds. When it's, in press Worlds, it's mattered a lot, and it was like a really big factor. But I'm not sure how much it's going to matter at like this World Championship. Um, but I, th I still think T1 against the field is probably maybe a bit better than D plus Kia. I think in my head, T1 just has much better matchups probably than a lot of people think they do. But I don't know. I, I think they, they, they play against the field not bad. By the way, just very quickly, Monty, is it your opinion now that red side is the stronger side or do you just think it's a little bit stronger than it was? Because obviously blue side was dominant for most of the year. I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to see how the meta shakes out. Like That's too big of a prediction, f I think, for me to make. I do think red side is stronger right now than it was but is it going to be the preferred side uh probably depends on team i think it will be for d plus but for other teams i don't know and you have to actually utilize the strength like if like the, the flexes that monty's talking about sorry can you go no no yeah exactly like there's so many flexes and especially you know like gala deft's one of those players that can play zigs in the bot lane as well which is just like another really annoying thing that you have to consider and think about um during these games so there's a lot of opportunities here to do interesting things but the teams that's the thing i'd like to highlight the teams and the coaching staff have to actually utilize it i think um uh, just off its own merits without actually doing anything blue side will for just like average joes and just like normal non-swapping drafts like blue will remain stronger uh, i think if you can like execute there is angles for like red uh, for red to be able to do things that blue cannot Okay, let's move on to the LPL and China, and let's just start with uh, JDG. Can anyone? They, they these guys are the de facto favorites. Is there any argument that I, I think they're? I think they're the only reasonable favorite that you can give based on the information that we have from MSI, uh, based on their domestic dominance, based on the star caliber of their players, based on the way that they play the game of League of Legends, which is so rock solid in terms of like just team fighting fundamentals. It, it's really hard when they can gap almost anybody in team fighting to win against them. 
you have to be very creative, avoid conflict, try and win via, via lane advantages and split pushing. Split LNG pushing. couldn't. Yes. Yeah. LNG couldn't hold like they even LNG would get advantages and some of their best advice. They would have split pushing opportunities. But JDG is so good at suckering you into a team fight anyway that it, those leads all fell apart for LNG. So yeah. I think it's really, 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 really hard to beat JDG. Uh, I will ask you this, Kira, or ask you from this angle, what, if there is one, would you say their weakness is? How do teams beat uh, JDG? What's the angle? Uh, Gen G, the way Gen G plays is like, if Gen G can remain like disciplined and like stoic and concentrate and not get baited in to like lots and lots of frivolous like team fighting, and remain they would probably need like a better class of player as in like they would probably have needed the the ruler team of last year to do it they they probably don't have the caliber like now but that's probably the style that like does it um it, people uh lng is as good as a team of lng is it's not as powerful for like what they're looking to execute onto the pieces for example zika had a great resurgence um informed during like summer playoffs and he was executing on lane matchups a lot better <clears throat> uh, but is he like the best player for like playing the specific way that lng is playing probably not the problem with jdg is is in each individual role they probably have like the best possible player that they could want in each each of those roles or how they want to play um It's very, very hard. Like, you can expose 369's laning at times, but then you'd have to be one of the teams uniquely poised to execute around, like, carry tops, which would be what BLG is, and even BLG couldn't do it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, that's the problem. It's it, it's really hard to figure out the actual The problem is, is, that, is all the teams that can actually beat um gdg the way that they beat gdg is requirement of the like they have to, you have to beat knight and the problem is is you need knight to have like a collapse to beat gdg because lng are focused around 2v2 like mid because their 2v2 beds better than knight and cannabis right okay but the problem is is that across the average of a bo5 knight actually beat out the 2v2 mid or the 2v1 mid and 2v1 mm. situations and like was pressuring the scout in and drawing tarzan and then backing off of the pressure and playing around it on the average of the five games um pretty well like he got it over the line um if he like starts to like falter and play worse like game five literally comes down to a knight nico flank three man ult that like gets him back into the game if he fucks up that flank like they lose there was games at msi against t1 i'm pretty sure where it comes down to knight on like ari hitting like a charm or knight hitting two people with a, a double annie stun um, that like wins in the game. Like if he misses those abilities, if he flunders, you know, what I mean, the entire narrative around GDG begins to change. You know, they've lost MSI possibly, they've lost finals. The problem is, is he didn't. He didn't like fumble the bag. Mm. Um, and then you've got problem. Other problem is, is Ruler's just a force of nature. Um, he's probably the most consistent an ADC has ever been. Getting summoners out of ADC is like getting like the correct like taxes out of a billionaire. Like it's impossible. Like <laughs> it's just not going to like happen. He is so disciplined in terms of his survivability. He will always use the correct save mechanic in any given situation. His laning is like absolutely impeccable. Um, how he plays around midsection for the team he is He tracks all of your summoners and ultimates, Fine. so he always knows exactly how far he can step up without being in danger. It's fucking ridiculous. I mean, he's yeah. the best player heading into Worlds. I uh, question anyone's list 
that doesn't have ruler at number one. I, I think that here's the thing. I think because he plays ADC and just because of his role, he is a worse player than Knight and Chove because from minute one in the game, he, they are responsible for more of the map. Like there are games of League of Legends where Ruler is farming bottom and Knight is winning Herald skirmishes. And I think that's harder to execute around that and more important in terms of like getting the game won. Um, but Ruler's level is an ADC. There's like been other two other people who have ever played to Ruler's level. Uzi 2018 at periods and Viper Spring um, on ADG. And what, that's it. Like, that's the level we've not seen before. Kira is what I call the uh, Dion Sanders effect, which is very few people would ever say Dion Sanders is the greatest ever footballer, but there's never been a greater gap between him and the next person at his position. So for me, well, ADC is just hard capped. <laughs> you know, like they can no, never be the best because mid's just OP, really. Like they're just no, the quarterbacks. You could be like more responsible. Like more responsible. Like for example. Um, like, Ruler isn't playing, like, Draven, okay, and trying to do, like, a Hansama Mickey X thing and learning, winning the game from, like, levels one to four and executing, like, a Kanavi dive on the third wave crash. Like, that's just not what GDD does, which is fine because Ruler is so superbal in, in like, other ways. But he is reliant and They don't things. have to take those risks, I feel yeah, exactly. Like. There's yeah, no yeah, point. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is Knight does. Like, when Knight was playing the... um. Nico into Jace matchup, right? Like it's Knight that's taking like the nests of like executing like the pushing matchup, and if he fumbles that, like LNG most likely wins that game even harder. But he does like as in he doesn't. He executes on it. He wins the trades out. He's playing against like Scout. It's not like some like Bomby was playing against. I just think what you're asking of each individual player, what he's doing is hard. Him and Cho what him and Chovy are doing is harder. But I think Rulers, the what Rulers doing right now is almost mm. impossibly good. I'd also... So, to your point about Deion Sanders, though, he may not have been the best football player, but he certainly was probably the best athlete of his oh, generation. Yeah, definitely. It was crazy. You get, you get some people who say Bo Jackson, but now I'm always, always a well, Deion. No, yeah, no. Yeah, it's just the physicality thing. Also, shout out Justin Tucker. He'd be the other one who's probably got a pretty big gap between him and second place. But who cares about <laughs> kickers, you know? That's like... I, lo I love Justin Tucker in fantasy. Yeah, so, no, yeah. he's a... He's a boy. Right. So let's talk about the next uh, uh, Chinese team. We'll oh. go. Yep. Sorry. It's on it. It's on thing. Kanavi. And if G GDG lose games and they look really bad, it's also used, used, usually the person who collapses is actually Kanavi. Like, it would require, like, Knight to lose, like, the series. You would need, like, Knight's level to have depth or Ruler's level to have depth. But the games, individual games they actually lose is most likely, like, Kanavi doing something. That is, like, the point of attack. Like, get on Kanavi's back or just watch Kanavi fumble the bag. Yeah, as good as he is, he does actually result in most of their individual losses. Let's hope that one of the greatest junglers we've ever seen fucks up. Another exciting, <laughs> exploitable uh, <laughs> weakness to get at. Right, let's go to, uh, let's say LNG Esports. Um, see, the way I'm, the way I'm uh, putting this, I guess, is like on my tier list, and maybe this doesn't really make too much sense, but like a team that I believe can definitely win alongside JDG as well. Like I'm not just sticking it to like one team, they will win. Like a team I could see winning is how I personally interpret that. Do they fall into this category for you, Monty? Because I think they might for me, yes. to be honest. 
I mean, this is my favorite. This is my favorite LPL team right now. Uh, love to see Zika doing so well on carry champions and like getting strong sided in the LPL playoffs. That was kind of a new level for him where he was a very stable, like high floor weak side player. They decided to try and like big dick three, six, nine, which is a very bold move. And it almost paid off for them, right? Yeah. It almost paid off for them, especially in the first best of five that they played. Love Tarzan and Scout. Um, there are certain champions that you just can't let, you know, JDG or LNG have. You you cannot, under any circumstance, let Tarzan play Maokai. That is illegal. Uh, it, I've said this before. It sounds weird to say that you shouldn't let somebody play Maokai, but he just does more on Maokai somehow than most other people. Um, so yeah. it is... It it is you know. Hold on, just a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, basically, he just does more on this champion, and you you get opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily have uh, through just having this insanely strong two v two admit. Now, is their late game shot calling the best? No, it isn't. Like they should have been able to figure out ways to win the game against JDG. Um, especially via split pushing with the advantages that they had, but they couldn't do it. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, I, I like Gala. Like the Gala upgrade is huge. Gala is one of the best 80 carries of this tournament. You know, we're, we're going into a world's championship where, you know, we are going to see Gala champions galore effectively <laughs> um you know they you will be able to play ziggs you will be able to play kaisa these are great champions for gala i also feel like scout is a player and a name who kind of similar to bdd doesn't get like his name's always left off like the first few mid laner names that get chucked out there but i do think scout is definitely worthy of, of a mention as one of the absolute sort of elite mid laners so what, what do you think, oh yeah what do you think here about uh LNG. Like the only problem, like Scout is like just one of like the great consistencies, like one of the great consistent factors of like League of Legends. He's a bit like Xiaohu, though. Like obviously Xiaohu has his like Dark Prince meme where when it comes to summer and the light comes out, he like has to hide away. Lol. Um, but Scout, the reason Scout doesn't like go to like the the elite four like I always had of like rookie showmaker, even though showmaker might not be there now, Scout. It's not night over as as scout has like a fundamental weakness in his game in which he is subpar to even the worst laner of them and night as like his laning is like not as good he doesn't execute like as well but one of the great things about scout is is like if you get him like by that like point in time here and many facets of the game he is as good as those players um he probably maybe doesn't have the depth and the breadth of champion pool that they all they have Will this matter at this world? Find out in a couple of weeks. Um, like a good example is the LNG GDG game where he plays uh, LeBlanc and he literally just sits topside at Baron and just pushes the wave in and pokes into blue buff every like uh, what do you call it, minute and is just constantly damaging people and constantly being the most annoying person. And that entire sequence of play that he does for 15 minutes around top Baron pit wins them the game. Like, single-handedly, JDG can't do anything. He's just that annoying, and they can't catch him. And it's, like, some of the best, like, 15 minutes of, like, in his little, like, area of, like, the map, he is just, like, untouchable. And, he, like, Knight can't catch him, Missing can't get onto him, they try and TP onto him, it's, like, amazing. And that is, like, the peak of Scout, and that's why he was, like, the MVPs. 
like when he was getting like MVP votes and all that. Um, I think LNG are a team that definitely could win worlds. The problem is, is like they need to upgrade in some way to overcome JDG because they either need to get better at the split pushing and pressuring and uh, pushing lane advantages, or they need to try and match JDG, change draft a little bit and try and match JDG in team fighting. I think trying to match them in team fighting is a mistake. Um, but the other options actually harder to execute on, like a lot harder. Um, so, yeah, uh, the t- this team looks very good for world. The other co- thing that constitutes LNG is Zika has to continue to perform. This is going to be Zika's like first big pressure international, um, because he didn't attend MSI. You know, big lights, big stage. He doesn't look to have like choked in the LPL finals. But the way a lot of players think about Worlds is kind of different. I don't like really like to talk about, like, oh, I expect a rookie player to choke. Um, but, you know what I mean? He's got to maintain, like, a level because LNG's success was predicated on it. I think they have the best 2v2 at Worlds. Okay, okay. That's something. Interesting. Um, right, now moving on to uh, Cadral Gaming, a.k.a. Weibo. Uh, <laughs> what what do we what do we think about this, the the whatever it is now, the fifth coming of the shy. Uh, like, do we have any hope for this team, Might Monty? Might struggle. Might struggle. Might struggle. They, are, they actually have, they have another like, big problem that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, uh, and I've seen a lot of people think that Light, their ADC player, is actually a choker. Like, Light actually is straight up, like, cannot play on, like, big stages and, like, big mm. moments. He is the one of the worst chokers of any ADC player ever. He would MFL, M- he MFL'd the wrong direction like three times and like i think it was planes or something <laughs> one year like light has got ma- major prob- like problems and he will fumble in like the silliest of ways as much of a good player he is when your adc has those tendencies and bo1s particularly I, my, my belly starts going i start oh i'm on oh no hey, look, man, <laughs> one, one chinese team always uh, doesn't make you know bombs out spectacularly yeah. um could be could be blg in my opinion uh yeah, weibo obviously true, isn't as hyped because of their inconsistency uh they did barely enough to even make it to the world championship in the first place you just you just have this team is just the the equivalent of d plus uh, in terms of variance, but I think with less upside than D plus has, and with less interesting champion pools in this meta, so I, I don't have a lot of hope for these guys. Yeah. One thing, I, one thing I would say though, in his in like his like defense, is like Weiwei is like one of the people that like, you know what I mean? Like that, not that his world's meta like particularly suits him. He did get think... better towards the end of the 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 LPL split. Yeah, like, I've always thought Weiwei was, like, I've watched Weiwei's career for, like, a long time. So, like, I've known, like, of, like, Weiwei and, like, who he was as a player all the way from his uh, LDL days on and, like, his time periods sitting on Sudding's bench, bench warming. Um, Weiwei's, like, a very good player. Um, If you can isolate him and allow him to, like, crack the enemy jungler, he will actually like maximize the advantages really well. The problem is, is that I think if you look at Weibo Gaming's like solo laners, there's just so many questions. Like, How dare you? How dare you? Xiao is the most consistent player on this team. Make of that what you, you will. <laughs> like, that is where we're at. Like, I think Xiao is an amazing player. Um, 
The other problem this team has is they have the old RNG issue where they will get themselves into these really good um like winning map states and but they can't sit on the egg. They will then just uh, feel like they have to make a play or like do something more active than they need to and in doing so actually throw the map state. Uh, like RNG with Breathe would do this all the time. Like they famously done it against T1 where they all TP'd to a dragon fight that they didn't need to go to it and lost the game. I feel like the Weable Gaming is an even more extreme version of this. The Shy just can't sit in a win. He has to go and find elves. He has to go and seek them out, you know, find the most creative way to throw leads. Yeah, no, I don't have uh, high hopes. I don't, see, fact, I don't like... see why people find this team entertaining, by the way. No. I, just find this team fr- I just find this team frustrating to watch. No, this people, is, this... people don't find it entertaining. They just like Cadrill's reaction. Yeah, it's just, this is the uh, co-stream team. Like, there's no... There's nothing beyond they're that. A, they're a meme team. They're a meme team. Like, Cadrill just, you know, he pretends to be interested in them because <laughs> they are entertaining and because they are great for reaction clips, which it's is fine. Did, There's nothing the wrong with The big question that. here, right? The big question is, obviously, for people who don't know, Cadrill announced that he would not uh, be attending Worlds. He's taking a break from casting to co-stream. Could it have been that Weibo Gaming qualifying was for Worlds was the last straw that broke the camel's <laughs> back where he's like, now I have to stay at home and co-stream all their games. That could have been the difference. You don't know. Like people... Uh... I mean, I, I think making 10x as much money well, yeah. co-streaming as you do casting is probably really the straw that broke I don't think that had an effect on it, Monty. I think it was all just... <laughs> yeah. I don't, it was I just don't think he even... It was just I the shy. Think... It was yeah. just the shy. <laughs> it was just label, bro. It was yeah. just... By the way, well, uh, this is an interesting player because he's technically what I would constitute like they're now like legacy players of like being grandfathered in. Um, what do you think of Crisp this year? Um, and like Crisp on like Weibo. I mean, I think it's been fine, but this this uh, look the thing about Weibo is that they have like uh, Crisp has had some really nice moments, but <laughs> I I love Crisp just as a player. I just think that this team is is hilarious in the way they they have played to the level of their opponents and like yeah they've beaten JDG but they've also like lost to some real shitters. Yeah, they lost to IG, baby. I think uh... <laughs> they, they lost they lost to the Forbidden Magic that was YSK. I think Crisp is the worst Eastern support at this tournament. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I think so. Uh, Anyway, on that bombshell, let's go to the last Chinese team, which is obviously BLG, the MSI, uh, one of the MSI representatives. Um, this is the t- yeah. Chinese team that's going boom. They were they were already on a downswing. I think that they have just been mentally owned at this point in time. I think that th- my my bold prediction, my hot take, is that this is the surprise Chinese explosion at, yeah. at this world. You know who they are, Monty? The BLG, a Baker Mayfield. Whenever there's expectations and you're finally like, ah, oh, maybe they are quite good. They shit the bed, underperform. I guess they have an injury, whatever. And then as soon as you take any pressure off them whatsoever, like going into MSI, you know, they they perform way above the level you expect. So, yeah, for me, because, again, like Western audiences in particular will only have watched like them at MSI or something, they'll probably be at least a modicum of expectation on them. And I agree, I think... They are going to uh, explode at the the a moment in time where you would hope that they wouldn't. So yeah, Baker Mayfield meta gaming for me. Meta, the the picks of the meta actually suit them outside your gal. Like your gal has for the first time ever, your gal's like silver bullet gun has not got is not loaded. Like there is not enough picks 
for Yagao to cover all his like bases. Um, Yagao is like a ultralized like specialist player and has like breadth of specialities. Often allows him to look much better than he actually is in, in any given like period of time. The problem is is if you look at the midpool for this world's like Yagao Yoon. Don't think that's happening, people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one's happening. So, but like Jun, this really favorite, like Jungle Meta really favors Jun. Elk was like, and a red is in a very good like run of form. Like Elk's major major issue this year is he has to play against Ruler more series than everyone else, and so he ends up look like he's getting beaten probably a lot more than actually is. And then like On is probably one of the most perplexing characters in Chinese League of Legends where I'm pretty sure that On just treats the game like one big joke but uh, he is actually like rather good um, he, well, he's one of the people that I don't actually think he cares about summoner spells and runes and that they are randomly chosen at the start of every single fucking game that he plays because they are sometimes so perplexing uh, but they often don't matter for example it's on, it was On the had the big play that stopped um what's it called uh oh what was that again he had like the big play that like saved like BLG in one of their matches um yeah I, I'm a little bit with Monty here the thing is is suppose like Tabby this team was struggling okay very badly then Tabby arrived and he like people like to say acknowledge it was all Tabby I don't know how they do this and they just got inside information on Chinese teams but mm. whatever um supposedly Tabby arrived and saved the team uh and like got them to like MSI finals given a bit of time I don't know if they could reconstitute themselves though if I was to choose as Monty was saying the narrative failure LPL team I would choose it as BLG so where where are we placing them then are they a bracket team I don't I personally sure. Yeah. yeah, like most likely a bracket team, but like they they're the team that'll probably draw like another good team in the BO three game and lose. And are they superior to either SKT, Kia, or both? Um, no. No. They, they, I, they, that's my bold claim, no. Because I think peaked, they're gonna be worse than expected. They've peaked higher than what w- w- like they've shown to like Kia, but the problem one of the problems of the team is is like you'd have to expect basically BLG to like make a return to form, and even that return to form might not win them as like many games as like it took Genji having a pretty bad collapse, like for them to like lose, and like everyone was memeing on them, you know. But like Genji were doing some funky stuff. Okay, yeah. Let's let's just I'm gonna put them at the the back of bracket because I I also think they're probably gonna implode. Right onto the last major region and spoiler. Most of the teams after that were just going to immediately shove in, uh, didn't watch, don't care. So this will be the last proper section of the show. Uh, right, let's talk about Fnatic. What do we think about Fnatic? Again, in the context of Europe, oh, the team that could, like the highest <laughs> ceiling, but what do they actually ever do with it? Uh, will they randomly just turbo peak for Worlds, Kira? What do you think? No. How dare because you? We're, we're now talking about worlds and like the European period is over. Though we did get like the best, I'm start getting the best out of like Razork, and I think the level that Razork was playing to was was pretty impressive. The problem. I'm going to make an outrageous claim right now. You ready? You Sorry go. to cut you off. An outrageous claim right now. Okay. Razork is a top five jungler at Worlds. Right. I I don't know how I would like rank them, but I basically said if you look at like what was asked of each individual player, like Razork was probably like 
doing the the most like things, but he is probably a worse jungler than like Yike. But he like the demands of his team on him were like much higher. Like what Razork was having to do for his like team compared to Yike was like a lot uh, less. Well, if he's worse and than you're... Yike, it's not helping my claim too much. <laughs> well, you can. I don't know. I don't know why you can't have Yike and Razork in your top five. But anyway, mm, um... no, that, I don't. I think I'll be struggling to fit both of those guys in. <laughs> okay. Um... I'm sorry. Two of those slots are already taken up by Kanabi and Canyon. Peanut, so, uh, I, I look. I think. I think Canyon was like a giga flip player. He also fed his ass off at times this summer. People, people, people remember or saw the highlight games where he was like carrying at Nico and forgot him like absolutely griefing mm -hmm. a Sejuani at times because <laughs> you just didn't watch those. A lot of people just didn't watch those games. Um, so I, I'm not as high. Like the the variant, the Canyon variance was. I'm outrageous. definitely giving Canyon the benefit of the doubt over. The thing is with Brazork <laughs> is like I'm making a claim about someone who himself is also inconsistent in the context of EU. So I'm gonna have Look, to he, give Canyon the nod I don't there. Think it was they, inconsistent by then. Oh, well, at the end. I mean, over the course of the year, he was. He was. He was good. In, yeah. He was good in the. He was good at the end of the season in the mm. the the, the, the season finals. I forget what the. Yeah, fuck has like Talia games is. and all yeah, that. Like finals. has Talia games and has Ivern bailed like Fnatic out of. Like, oh yeah. So many also, his Karthus games were very good. Yeah. So I mean, you would think that the the champion pool for him will still be good. However, it depends on Humanoid's performance. Humanoid did. Do better than at internationally last year at Worlds than he did do domestically, but he still has no synergy with Razork. And yeah, yeah, they've kind of propped that up because Trimby now just ganks for Humanoid instead. Mm -hmm. He just walks into the mid lane and like tries to make stuff happen. But I think that's going to be pretty exposed against teams with actually good two v twos. Like, just hope this team doesn't play LNG or something. Yeah, like it's that a bloodbath. I think they get also, mega the meta for Trimby now is rough. Yeah. <laughs> really rough. Trimby, like the the problem, is, I would love if if Trimby was good on engage, I would love to like. I mean, he's good at Rakan. That's it though. That's literally it. Like I he's, would unironically. He's okay at Nautilus. Yeah, but he over engages on Nautilus. That's the problem. Yeah, and every he like he'll okay put himself. If you go look at like how often Trimby engages into a lane, right, two v two, and gets himself killed and get starts to snowball against his own lane, pretty ridiculous. Like, as you're almost into double figures of times he's done it now. And, that, and we didn't, he didn't play that many games. I'd also just unironically consider in, like, a best of against Fnatic at Worlds just treating Rakan as pick ban because uh, I just think it's so doomed after that, especially with the uh, how bot lane-centric the meta I think is. Noah's and got problems. My too. opinion is that Noah is a little bit of a fraud. Even and that's not to say that he's bad or anything, but I think in the context of Worlds, He's, he he's gotten that. worse. And the, the thing is, is that <laughs> he, I think he's gotten worse uh, over time and his need to carry the game allows him like makes him throw away his summoners or like play too aggressively. And against teams that are super good at catching you out when you have summoners on cooldowns, which is like all of the Asian teams, basically, <laughs> yeah. he's going to have a really hard yeah, time. Every good he has, no, really he has time. no summoners economy whatsoever. Yeah. He has no understanding yeah. of like when to keep them. His like summoner economy is as bad as like Jackie loves, but he's just an infinitely worse player than like Jackie loves. So it's not even like he's not good at executing like winning lane states. Like he's terrible at holding midsection. He like baits like way too much. His understanding of range, ranges is all that good like he needs like large gold leads to even be like propagated and go forward and like most like winning team fights he and also even he's then, really 
he's really bad, and this sounds like a silly thing to say, but he's really bad at knowing when to die. And that obviously comes yeah, into like summoner, summoner economy, but he is really bad. Like, they'll be about to get aced or something at like, I don't know, Drake 1. He's like 1 HP and he flashes away. It's like, what are you doing, dude? And then he gets dove four-man bot like two minutes later with no sums. Like, this guy yeah. just... Yeah, he's a weird player. I've called him a KDA player in the past. I'm not even sure if that's like quite the correct terminology because he's just... He doesn't like dying, which is why he's bad at summoner economy sometimes. But yeah, I don't know. It, for he's me, like pays, but he's like two tiers worse than pays. That's yeah. the thing. That like he actually contributes nothing to like versions of Fnatic that actually win. Like he could just be for me almost any other like ADC, um, like of like his like level. He doesn't actually contribute any like terms of like speciality or yeah. He doesn't have a unique angle which like university benefits his team um yeah. and speaking of which who the fuck's playing top lane for Fnatic? because either way i think it's probably not gonna be particularly great in the world's context no. um, oscar can do it oscar can play out lot like lots of like winning versions of like, keep games. in mind again we have to be you know completely fair and uh, consistent here he is coming off if he does play a broken hand as well yeah yeah, we don't know how much you know yeah. practice he's gotten. So. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just saying, like, like of of the two, like, under I, I expect the advantage of Wonder is, is he makes the burden on Razork less. The advantage of Oscarin and is he, on average, he is to the like tune a of dying on the tower like five times, though. Right. Like, yeah, but there's there's a, there's, a, there's a cost to that, and then the the upside of Oscarin, eh, Oscarin, and as he's a, a bit on average, probably a better team fighter, better with leads. Better, slight, probably slightly better champion pool battle because Wonder didn't play. But the problem is, is he is better in lane, but he is more likely to get like caught in lane. And as such, like Razork attempts to cover for him and increases the burden on Razork and the team as a whole. Um, I did see I, a picture, I, by the way, of the Fnatic team that was posted on social media. I think yeah. it was on Reddit where Wonder was there, right? I'm pretty sure it it looks. I've got them in the might like... I've got them in the might. I've got them in the might, the might struggle thing. Um... Like it's so hard to evaluate where Fnatic's gonna be. They're a bit like uh, some of the other teams where like they're, they're, the variance of their players is like so ex some so extreme. And that's why I always laughed. Like Fnatic became the Jekyll and Hyde team, and they added the Jekyll and Hyde man and Trimbe. It was just like how much variance do you want in one team? And just to like see none of the upside ever aligned. <laughs> Very true. Although that it, was still a great trade for Fnatic, though. It like, was. It was. You would always phenomenal trade. But yeah, yeah, you would always true. make it. Um, yeah, Monty. I mean, to be honest, Monty, I'm actually leaning more zero six vibes and might struggle. Just because, I'm doing zero six. Like, yeah. come on, like this this team isn't gonna do anything against good teams. They're I, they they they're really band-aided as fuck. Like they never actually solved any of the core problems between Razork and Humanoid on this roster. Uh, Oscar and in coming back in, I don't think is going to push them over the top. They're coming in very late for boot camping, so they're not even going to have that much practice compared to a lot of other teams. It's it, I actually it's have them below NRG and GG as well. I think that um yeah, I I think that basically any argument for Fnatic, which by the way, because of as you say Kira, because of the high variance, there are arguments to be made, but for me the most compelling ones uh, go around Razork and Humanoid being the highest ceiling players uh, and they I mean Trimby but not in this meta but it's like they've never had synergy as Monty said and it's like are you gonna win games at Worlds with Razork 
having a pop-off game which doesn't tie into a humanoid pop-off game or human or vice versa like they've done it, uh, they done it last the team is like so disconnected from each it's other even you worse. Know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, they're the they're the worst team of like actually playing for each other I've seen in like years. I mean, me and Rich were talking about this all the way back in the upset version. Yeah. This team is good at nothing, Monty. They? They're they're actually good at nothing as being like in terms of what you would quantify a team being good at. They're not particularly good at team fighting together. They're right. not good at setting up the map. They don't have good support jungle synergy. They don't have good two v two mids. They're like, not consistently they're the good laners. Like. <laughs> They're the most disappointing fuckers on planet Earth. Yeah, and I'm I'm going I I'm placing them zero six vibes, and I'm actually putting them behind NRG and GG. I think they're better than Cloud Nine and Liquid, and they have a higher ceiling, I guess, than all of them. But we were saying that all year, and for me, they never even really realised that to any kind of extent domestically. The most likely Fnatic is going to draw either like KT Roaster or LNG because they can't draw Mad Lions because they're another EU team. They can draw Team Liquid, and we'll see what that happens. Out of KT Roaster and LNG, who do you think they're more likely to upset or get humanoided? <laughs> who's more likely? Who's more likely to get humanoided? Scout or BDD? Neither. <laughs> neither. No. Neither is a perfectly. If you do not believe in it, neither is a perfectly fine answer. Because you know what my answer is, Monty. Neither as well. So don't worry about it. It seems like a trick question, but I guess it's just neither. God, I don't think it's going to happen either. Is that is that the only two, realistically, is that the only two possibilities they could get? Yeah, they could draw, they're more likely to get KT or LNG because it's a 50% chance and they can't yeah. get Mad Lions, or, but they can get TL. So I think like, putting the term might struggle next to that would be the most disingenuous take we could yeah, come up with. It's just the first game, bro. It's just the first game. Yeah. If they get T, if they get TL, they're one of the teams that can actually run a full fluke if you look at who they can draw, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Right, let's go to uh, the other team that Kira just mentioned there, which Fnatic can't play, which is Mad Lions. Uh, Mad Lions is just such a... Uh, I don't know. Just a weird team to me. Again, they're like... It seems to be a theme this year that barring a very few teams, there's so much uh, variance in the quality of the play. To remind people, Mad Lions had two separate regular seasons where they had like negative win rates going into... Uh, they actually came 8th and 7th or something, or 8th and 6th, yeah. going into two separate EU playoffs, and then were better in the BO5s, but you never really felt like they were a really good team. I think Kazi has been, for large periods of the year, carrying this team. Um, I don't think anything that MAD do is sustainable at Worlds from a winning perspective. <laughs> certainly, certainly sustainable from I a mean, losing perspective. Look... look. You know, Niski decided in spring to go ahead and steal Faker's Gragas pick. And they did that to great success up until the point where they actually had to face them at MSI. And then bad things happened. Right? 17 minute or what was it? The 16 minute one? <laughs> Af Afghanistan done better against Team Korea than Mad Lions done against AT1. So... Uh, I, I don't think that this team's play style is legitimate at the international level. What, what is their play style? Also, Monty? Chasey is going to get completely <laughs> dumpstered. What? Yeah. yeah, Chasey's terrible. Oh my what god, I actually Mad forgot about Chasey. That's yeah, going to be so Mad bad. Oh no. Mad Lions. What is Mad Lions' play style now? Because oh, they used no. to have this beautiful mid-jungle synergy where they would play for farm advantages onto Aloy on carry picks, you know, and for goal farm on 
uh, Nesky. And uh, I don't know where I that can tell you went. exactly what Mad's playstyle is, which is you try and get to mid game being like four five k gold down and then hope kazi does yeah. like some insane aggressive flash play that just completely catches what, what, the bad opposition off guard which i'm assuming will what, not happen at any point and what if hellasang resurrects chase instead of Karzi in that team fight wretch uh, what happens there what happens there to quote monty from 27 seconds ago bad things probably happen <laughs> I, I just i just don't know how this team actually like functions on an international level they they have the tricks and they have the floor to like do fine within the context of lec partially because they're very different but when they're when their weaknesses are actually confronted and exploited i think it's going to be really really rough at worlds really rough mad are a product as well of like not just that but eu sucks this year really fucking sucks so i yeah. think whenever i, I ask mean, just, my... think it, just, think, just just shadow box in your brain what's going to happen when <laughs> bin walks into chasey you know what i mean it's just not good yeah, that's one of those dark web porn sites of snuff movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's just no, 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 no. But the Mad Lions is a team that I lie awake at night and ask, you know, why, why, and then you just again contextualize that EU's just shit at the moment. Like, I, it's sad to me that they are a representative, and then I remember there are two other EU teams that are technically seeded below them. So brilliant. Let's talk about one of those, which is obviously BDS, who haven't made it to the dance yet. They do have to wow. play Golden Guardians, but what is well, we, this, we did kind of talk with them earlier. Yeah. The let's, so let's just let's just play let's just place them then. Uh, uh, I I I really want to put them in my struggle purely because I think they have like a really weird uh, potential hypothetical bracket run, which I would be hedging everything to. But also because they're such a bizarre team, the I want to do it, but I can't justify it. No, here's the thing. I I started highlighting this right. B BDS have beaten the following teams in BO5 this year. Vitality and SK Gaming. Are you saying That's you it. don't want to put those on a European CV? <laughs> is that... That, no, that is, that is actually the totality of like real League of Legends success that BDS has this year. Now everyone, they had the beautiful miracle run in spring where they made it to the finals, but actual tangible Ws, that's what's on their scorecard, right? That ain't good. I'm sorry, like, that is not good. Now, potentially, you can add Golden Guardians to that list very shortly, right? But, let's be serious about this, guys. They're one, they're one of, like, they're, they're, they're worse. Right, they're okay. They're worse than Fnatic and Mad Lions. Where, where are we putting them? Are they better than Liquid Cloud9? Can we give them that? Maybe. But I, I, think, I think it's, like, fucking what colours of I don't think they're do. better than Cloud9. It's, like, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's just like Let, let's, let's uh show you all in them in between liquid and cloud nine i think that's uh i think that's fair right let's go on to the only team from the entire west that has even a sniff of hope of doing anything i would imagine which is obviously g oh wait i didn't place mad they're in zero six as well they can go <sighs> i don't care <laughs> I just Hello, gonna... cloud <laughs> i'm just just gonna put them behind fanatic I feel uh, like you have more hatred for the EU teams and that colours your actual like ability <laughs> because they're not good when you compare them to teams that you don't care about and are bad rich. That's the thing. I'll, I'll say this. When it gets to a certain echelon of bad, I don't really care full stop. 
I suppose. So I kind of group uh, teams together a little bit, maybe. I mean, as an example, uh, Monty said below Cloud9 that like if Mad play Cloud9 in a best of five, I'd back Mad, I think. I think I would say that I would believe that Mad would beat Cloud9 in the best of five. So for me, I would place them above uh, Cloud9. Uh, but you're, you are definitely correct here. I think it's more based on how disappointed I am with Europe as a whole uh, yeah, this truly. year that I just... Maybe I'm overly negative. But at the same time, is the list lying so far? Could we possibly... Ultimately, they're all going in the same tier list. We're just debating about which team's worse than another fucking team from North America. <laughs> like, does it fucking matter? I don't know. Like, it's... Constipation and diarrhea. Exactly. Throw <laughs> vomit in there and sepsis yeah. as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's whatever at this point. But... As negative as I may be, I do have a bit of hope for this next team, which is obviously G2. I do think G2 are a legitimately decent League of Legends team. Yep. Uh, but how I think they're good... a bracket team. And a bracket? Okay, we're so we're 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 bypassing might struggle, uh, leaving all of Europe and North America behind, and we're going all the way into the bracket, which also has to refresh people's memory, SKT, uh, BLG, and Kia. Um, so let's just put it like this, Monty. If if uh, G2 were to play against any of these teams, do you think they'd have a real shot at, at winning a best of five? Or do you slot them in no. bracket, but think they're by far the worst? Okay. <laughs> I, I, look, I think that there is a po there are possibilities for upsets for G2. There's been real growth, especially from Yike as a jungler. They spent a lot of the summer playoffs and and season playoffs kind of acclimating him into tanks and not going back to some of his earlier roles but we know they can always flip back to the Belveth at any time they want um when he when they went to MSI uh actually Yike was the only player who had mm -hmm. played Belveth in the world in mm -hmm. a major region during spring so they have really unique advantages uh that other teams are going to have to contend with now in best of ones that's obviously tremendous you also have to look at their other areas of expertise. One of them is they are probably the best level one team in the world. And in a best of one, having a good level one can in fact snowball the game, especially if you are playing around weird picks where you know how to execute, you know, your victory conditions through an early game snowball on your, on your strange picks or on your early jungle pathing. Um, I was concerned obviously about G2, until I saw them in the season finals. And this was the first time I think this year that we've seen all of their players performing at a high level simultaneously. Uh, Mickey X has been very consistent, but we've seen broken blade go up and down. We've seen caps go up and down. Mm. Han Sama has been kind of like slowly ramping up. I think this is a really good meta for Han Sama, especially with Callista being so strong. Um, they're, they're a legitimately dangerous team, I think. Okay, what what do you think, Kira? Again, especially when comparing the other teams we've slotted into the bracket here, like how good a shot would you give G two at being competitive in the in one of these series? Mm, I think I at my point, I remember saying that during winter, where like G two, and like isolated like games, not so much series because it's so much harder to tell, could be almost any team in the world. And I always said outside of like T one, that was like, their hellish matchup. Because, like, T1 were probably the best early game team in the world at the time, and it just isolated many of the things that G2 were good at. Uh, Caps was a very different player at that period. Yeah. He's, like, risen up a bit, but that is... We are now into a version of G2 that we are saying is good, but Caps is nowhere near elite. 
which is one of the first times this has ever happened. And when you look at like the support system, I think Yikes Champion Pool has expanded, but I think when you actually look at like his actions that result in game wins, it's actually gotten worse. Like Yikes has began to, and I know the reasons. If you go listen to like all the voice com vids, like BB is the main voice on G two. Like if you look, he calls and speaks most in team fights. He is like uh, controlling like the tempo of their like slow rolls and like their Baron setups and their dragons. He is in almost any clip, unless the producer is doing it on purpose, he is talking the most, right? And Yike is preferring to go top lane more and more and more and more and more to the detriment of what advantages he could actually be getting in the bot lane or what advantages he could be covering in bot lane. Um, I actually think it's worth League of Legends that they are they have been like playing uh, in periods of times, even though it does result in wins. And one of the scary things is uh, G2's bot lane beats most of the other bot lanes in the league quite regularly. But against BLG's bot lane, they didn't. And they could never actually just get a normal, naturalised win. They lost almost every situation. Mickey X wasn't playing as well. Now, that G2 team hopefully is a bit better, and Hansama has more specialised picks. You know, he's got the Cog Brom, the Callista, yes, all these things, that Monty, the Draven, things like that. And so they have advantages in here, but it's how often do all those things actually correlate to wins? Like, for example, Yike and Caps are another example of a team that haven't got good mid 2v2s. Not something they can rely on. Mickey X, Yike really aren't that good, like, paired as, like, a jungle. Yike kind of goes first and then Mickey X follows after, um, which is not ideally kind of like the order you want those like sequences to go in. And so I well, am high on G2. had his best international appearance he, ever. He, he did, so, playing like the Cassiopeia and uh, you hope for like the ability to like flex picks. And Dylan Falco has some of the best drafting and it's a bit similar to um Holmes where like you know his draft school can be all range all the way from like 10 out of 10s all the way down to 2 out of 10s after a couple of picks. I have high hopes for G2. I think they're like very good. I just don't want them to I could like see G2 getting themselves into a hole in the bracket stage and uh, the bracket stage very quickly and I can see them playing a lot of BO3s to like BO3s to get yeah. out. Because <laughs> I'm right in saying if you go 0 2 Every you, every series after that is BO3s, eh? Yes, correct. Yeah. So they yes. they're one of the teams that can, by the way, go zero uh, two very quickly because they can draw D plus Kia and Wearable Gaming and a BO one and lose. And then they I mean, they draw... could also I I'll, I'll right. counter that and say like in a best of one they could also potentially beat some of the best teams in the world. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. But see if they go zero two Monte and they start playing elimination games, they could catch one of the teams coming down the way like the two and yep. two elimination game monte could be two very yep. good teams all right yep. and yep. g2 could catch the team coming down the ladder and they could be going up the ladder and they end up playing lng for example and a two and two elimination game and they lose it and it shows you like they were the ninth best team at worlds but they were actually better than some of the teams that yeah. you didn't have to play against and that's the fear for me for g2 that they might not actually get the results that their form and their ability actually tells you they can do. Because I think this team can make it to semis. There are teams they can beat along the way to get to semi-finals. It's just how many and what iterations um, they get. Um, it's just, you know what I mean? The, the one seed is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, 
I'm pretty high. I'm pretty high on them, to be honest. One thing that does scare me a little bit is the G two of are so reliant, not so, but are reliant on Mickey X and Hansama as arguably the two best individual pieces on the team, right? And having their naturalised lead in EU. It's like what I said before. Yeah. And if that doesn't occur against some of the best bot lanes in the world, like... Yeah, I mean, it stops Yike from... I mean, we know that how Yike uses that bot lane advantage to enable what he does as well, so... It's a bit... I mean, I would I would remind you that, you know, G2 also has had very creative solutions to dominant picks like the Lissandra support into yeah. Rakan yeah. that they've debuted. And I'm sure they will have more surprise picks that they've been cooking up and that, that, that will be effective. And so if they can figure out answers to some very, very powerful like tier one meta picks and they can bait those those picks out and then, you know, spring the trap in a best of one. It, it really can be quite good for them. Yeah, I think G2's biggest advantage by a mile is their drafting, um, their their flexibility in draft. And also, I think that Mickey X is playing better than he was during MSI and prior to MSI. So I'm hoping that the hands Mickey bot lane is able to hold its own internationally better now. Well, I, I think the other, the other thing about this is that Basically, all the players outside of Yike are proven at international level. Yeah. Right? Mm, Even Hans Yike Sama, was Hans, actually Hans, pretty good at MSI Hans, as well. Hans, I remember no, Yike was pretty yeah, good. Yike he? was good, but Han Sam is not that proven at international. I, I disagree. I think he was the best part of some of those, the, the rogue roster. Oh, oh you mean in like the rogue team that went out in like group? Yeah. Oh, Sama yeah. Really he was well. unreal yeah, in, in yeah, 2021. Yeah, Han yeah. Sam played. Yeah, okay. I get what you mean in that sense, Monty. But as long as, like, not many of these players here have played, like, a, only Caps have played, and Mickey X have played a BO5 at Worlds, which is like the hard part. Yeah. I mean, they have played in World Finals. Also, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that's what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I get, I get what you're sorry. saying. I, I think, I think they're going to make it to the bracket stage and get eliminated in quarters. But I do think that having the level of veteran international play and pop off international performances on this roster is important. Oh, yeah. it sets them apart from most of the other Western teams. Who's the best team they can beat? That's good. Then, like of the good teams, who's the best one they can beat? This is why I think, by the way, they're very easy to place for me on this bracket, like our uh, tier list system, because they're a bracket team, but I don't think they would be, let's say, Vegas favorites in any of those series, but yes. they could win a bunch of them. Like, I think there's like three or four matchups where they could have, you know, a 30% plus chance of winning for sure. Yes. Um, but I probably wouldn't favor them in any of them. I mean, if they got Weeaboo in a... Um, Weeboo gaming in the best of. I think I'd back G two. That'd be the only one. Well, so like, I think there's a chance they could beat Kia. Yeah, they, they could beat D plus. Sorry, only go on. I think I think that they could beat many of the top teams. Yeah. It just depends on the form that we see, right? Like Sad Gen G. Maybe they could beat Sad Gen G <laughs> if they were in Unreal for themselves. Right? Yeah, that, that that's 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 the problem. The problem is the form is the thing. But like, that's why I'm trying to constitute it as what we've actually seen from the teams, right? And that's why, like, many a team can beat Sad Gen G is the point, right. you know what I mean? Like, so of the form that you have seen and the teams that you've seen and the way G2 is playing, when you shadow box it in your head, like, who do you think is the best of those teams? I think Weibo is the only yeah, team Weibo, they're better than. Where their favourites, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so, for example, because I actually think the really interesting matchup, right, okay, is them versus KT. I think that's 
really interesting. I think them versus KT, Cuz Yike, uh, BB into Keen playing skill matchups. I think not that they could win it, but I think that matchup could be a lot closer than a lot of people think in their heads. Um, particularly with like Lahens and Mickey X uh, doing like picks into each other and trying baiting uh, stuff like that. There's, I think that would probably be my one of the like my favorite Bo fives to see if I could see any, because you would get a real feel for like who KT are as a team because like G two can throw many a problems at KT, and I think there would just be even even if it was only three games and KT three owed them, I think all three games would be really interesting to watch. Right, let's uh, just very quickly wrap up here with uh, the last uh, teams from the uh, lesser, or shouldn't ooh, shouldn't call them that, the minor regions, not the lesser regions, the minor regions. <laughs> uh, right, uh, let's start with the best named team at Worlds, which is Team Wales. <laughs> Anyone know anything about Team I Wales? I don't know. Just... No. Cool <laughs> name, though. Look, just for that, they're them. going to the top. Oh, sorry, you Kira. Them. All right. Kira yeah, them. Come on. Yeah, no, like I've got nothing really like positive to say about them. They're like I watched. I think they're actually probably like the team secret was probably better than them in Vietnam. Like for anyone that actually cares about this stuff, I don't know why you would care about this stuff, right? Team Wales are, are just a worse like they're just worse than Gam, right? Okay, don't expect much from them. They're a worse team than Gam. They're most likely not going to do anything. There you go. There's the bottom line of the story, right? Okay. They're probably the third or fourth best team in the region, but they upset the second best team in the region because they had a bit of a collapse in the lower bracket, and as such, they are now at Worlds. There right. you go. That's Team Wales. Okay, so our our Gam possibly better than any of those teams we have in zero six vibes based on what you've seen kira or not really no probably not i get baited into watching gam every single year and it's just equal as disappointing every single time they have some like interesting like prep work that they do as like a team uh but they have some fucking horrible terrible players like the standard of like their player like some of their players is very low and so like even if you know you can do something like clever you know like she and adam when they steal your raptors it's like oh your raptors are gone we got 88 gold you're down 100 xp and it's like yeah but then you know she dies like twice and that's 600 gold so now the silver medal yeah. for best name at worlds of course goes to flying oyster uh, who make a make a return? <laughs> you haven't seen any of their games, have you, Kira? I've seen I've seen bits and pieces, but not the majority of their their playoffs. Only they didn't watch. Them without... Don't care. Yeah, put them in the didn't watch. Don't care. Uh, a team, the one team that I guess maybe uh, maybe all of us have seen a little bit of might be a PSG uh, Talon. Any thoughts? No, Monty. Not by the way. I don't know why I said that because I haven't. So I was already eliminated. So that's two out of three. Kira, you watched this team at all? <laughs> no, it's the same team as like Oysters. Like I caught like specific like games of theirs because they're some of the players. I'm not that interested. Didn't watch. Don't care. There we go. Right. You asked the question. I know. I know. I don't know why. Just you know. String the audience. See, I enjoy the surprise factor of watching these teams at Worlds after not having watched them all year. I mean, look, man, I'm trying to like run a company and watch four major regions <laughs> of League of Legends and do like six podcasts. So I don't really have a chance to watch, you know, the random odd PCS flying oyster game. Oh, but hey, don't worry, I'll give you I'll give you the short and sweet. They're awful. Uh, See, remember okay. Maple, that great legacy player, yep. like upset. I love Maple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't expect anything. He's Don't expect okay. anything at all. Right, loud. Anyone seen loud? 
Going once, going twice. Don't care, didn't watch. Right, and the last uh, world's participant is, oh, it's Nymera's favourite uh, detonation, Focus Me. Oh, no, sorry, this is Torok's favourite team, isn't it? Detonation, Focus Me, right. Uh, anyone? No, didn't watch? No, okay. Their ADC player that people think is good now plays top. Brilliant. Uh, who's that? APA Men? Is that? No, Yupon, the guy upon. that like won like all the splits and goes between top and bottom oh, to win all the time. Yeah, yeah so they're really good like, players that like. Every... Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, cool. Right. Then uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you guys, although I'm pretty sure I already know the answer, is obviously your prediction. Actually, what I'll do is I want to give, uh, get your, even though it's kind of impossible with the format to predict this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Your finalists. And who's going to win, Monty? Who are you picking? JDG and... Uh, I mean, the... the the, the I, I'm going to go with KT. I believe in KT. JDG oh, wins. KT, this is, my, this is my hot take. This is a massive uh, Everyone says I was always eating the rogue razor cake. Monty's been eating the fucking KT razor cake. Every, for a it's decade. Sitting in the office and he just keeps uh, on taking Over a decade. Yeah. yeah, over, over a, decade. a decade. Yeah, I know, bro. I know, bro. I know. No, it's, kind of, it's kind of a meme pick. I think it's really hard to pick the other finalists because, mm. again, it just depends on which iteration we're going to see of like Gen G. If we see the good version of Gen G, there's no reason why we can't have a JDG Gen G final. But I haven't seen that in a couple of years now at <laughs> international events, so I'm not exactly confident, right? Yeah, Kira, who are you taking? Every KT fan just has 2009 on their, on their wall and big massive fucking letters and a wee portrait of Flash with floral flowers around there. It's like the one year we got the ones. <laughs> Uh, I'll take JDG, like JDG Genji, just so we actually get the final of the Chove versus Knight. Like that'd be very exciting because that is at the end of the day what we like. That is like the uh, marquee matchup of like this era. Is, for me, they are the two defining players of their region. They are the two defining players of like this like era, and they have played tragically very little League of Legends against each other. I understand they played each other at the Asian Games, um, but yeah, that is the matchup I want to see. I I think quite sadly that. Uh, Knight's team is far better than Chovy's team but I think Chovy's team has a style that if they do play to it there is a version of that that can that GDG who don't show as much flexibility you know what I mean could you know there's angles what was the path to victory again stoicism was it how often Sto do Gen G think about the Roman Empire that's really the key, Sto key Sto to map that matchup stoicism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, I'm going to be super boring and pick uh, JDG versus LNG. I think they're just the two best again. Teams. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm just playing the numbers. I mean, you know, I'm torn between wanting to do my fun dark horse pick, but realizing it's not actually my pick, uh, which would be uh, JDG G2. But I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Not sure I'm allowed to say that one. Ah, you're, you're looking take. for you're looking for Europe to go zero and nine in uh, League of Legends World Championship yeah, Finals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? Oh, I'll say. I'll say. I'll say LNG G two. That is oh my, my prediction. No, no it's, it's, that's not a prediction. That's yeah. in there where you're fucking both the best ADC in Europe. Uh, like, no, uh, like, uh, no, no, no. Okay. This, okay. this is, this is something I believe like could possibly happen, right? I'll, obviously, you know, 
if if I'm on a polygraph, I might I might fail it. Who knows? But the bow take, <laughs> I take I take uh, umbrage with that. The bow take is a real take. Bow would be a top five ADC in LEC if he played ADC. He would. He absolutely would. I feel very confident about that. Uh, maybe not on day one. Maybe not in week one. But by week two, probably top four. Uh, anyway. That's going to be it for today, guys. Thank you all for watching. Uh, just remember what terrible humans these guys were when they made their uh, intro picks on a sinking ship. And uh, yeah, I think we'll probably be using the term sinking ship from a Western perspective a lot over the next few weeks. So uh, start as you mean to go on, uh, I'd imagine. So yeah, thank you all for watching. And uh, we'll see you next time, which is probably in a year's time. So yeah, <laughs> goodbye.